Hello, my name is Joe Fricky, and welcome oh, to the no. 13th episode of Movie Change Up. People... Every week, two people go head to head pitching reboots to movies we all love and love to hate, but with a little added twist. Because every week, there are also new rules they must follow. One rule per movie, and you can't use a rule more than once. Now, to help me determine the winner in today's head-to-head matchup, I have two assistant judges. Because from now on, until we change things again, the competitor must get at least two of the judges to rule in their favor. The first assistant judge will be reading the live comments and posting them. He has made a few appearances previously as a consulting judge. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. I'm Jordan Wright. Uh... Like, a, like Joe said, this is uh, appearance number three or four for me as a consulting and or guest judge on the movie Change Up. Excited to keep my career going with a producer credit today. <laughs> All right. And uh, our second assistant judge is the co-creator of this podcast and one of the best competitors with a record of five and one. Why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, man. My name is Johnny Dupe. And you had that intro almost perfect, but you put in the word almost uh, or, uh, you know, one of the best competitors. So... I'm clearly the best competitor. I got the best record, but uh, we got to bring some newcomers on so we can uh, have some tougher competition later. So I'm excited to see what our two new guys can do today. All right. Yeah. Like uh, Johnny said, we have two new competitors today uh, making their debut. Our first competitor is the president of the Zack Snyder fan club and one of the four people on the planet with a Vero account. Why don't you tell the people who you are? (laughs) I'm assuming you're talking about me. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I'm Darren Kirsch. <laughs> I'm Darren Kirsch, and uh, it's, it's going to be fun. Let's go into it. All right. And uh, our second competitor's Twitter account is the only reason I have any idea what's going on in the NHL. Why don't you tell the people who you are? I'm Zach Ramelius. Uh, I'm wearing a Blues hat because they're about to lose their captain, and I'm pissed. So let's go. All right. And uh, – before we start, if you're listening to us through a podcast app, go to YouTube and find this episode of Movie Change Up. Give us a thumbs up, a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, go to your favorite podcast app, download this episode, and give us a rating and review. If you think we gave you a five-star podcast, give us a five-star review. If you think we gave you a four, three, two, or even a one-star podcast, help us out and still give us that five-star review. If you're watching live, feel free to comment. And uh, and if the comment is good, Jordan will put it on the screen and we will respond during the stream. And uh, Jordan, are you able to read down our seven movies for today? Uh, did you give me the... Oh, the yeah, I'm sorry. I got it. <laughs> all right, so maybe, maybe producer credit was a little uh, early. Yeah, all right, so the movies we got. Um, Battlefield Earth from 2000. Fantastic Four, the 2015. Holmes and Watson, 2018. Hudson Hawk, 1991. The Last Airbender, 2010. The Love Guru, 2008. And Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, 2009. All right. And uh, Johnny, do you have the rules there? Do you need me to read them? Uh, I need you to read them. I do not have them in front of me. Our first rule is one must have a talking animal. One must star Paul Newman and Robert Redford. One must be set in a single location. One must use only past and present WWE superstars. One must have Jay and Silent Bob. One must include Danny Trejo. And the last one, one must be set in the world of Harry Potter. Uh, we had a little competition before the show started to determine who won first, and uh, Zach won that competition. So, Zach, what movie are we going with, and who's pitching first? Uh, we're going to go with the Love Guru first. Uh, Darren, go ahead. 
All right. Uh, before Darren goes, I'll re give a little description on the Love Guru. The Love Guru uh, got a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a 2008 American romantic comedy film that stars Michael Myers, Jessica Alba, Justin Timberlake, Romney Malco, Megan Good, and Vern Troyer. In the movie, the Guru uh, Pitka is tasked with revitalizing the hockey team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The team has been plagued with losses, and their star player suffers a marital tragedy that throws him off his game. In order for Guru Pitka to become the next Deepak Chopra, he must help the team actualize their potential to win the Stanley Cup. There was way too much plot. Uh, yeah, I, that, none yeah, that was that was that, that was, a, that was a much too long. All right, so uh, for my pitch, the rule I'm implementing on this one is I'm going with Jay and Silent Bob uh, being in the movie. Director, I have Judd Apatow. Um, and I'll kind of go into my take on it and introducing the actors uh, during that. So um, it's I'm keeping the raunchy comedy aspect. Um, I'm really like really playing up that Judd Apatow, like 40 year old virgin knocked up style, but also a strong nod of respect to like major league because my major change that I'm making to the plot um, other than actually having good comedy for once is actually changing the sport from hockey to baseball. Um, I'm going with the Cubs, uh, the antagonist for the movie is uh, I'm changing a couple of names of the characters too. I hope that's okay. Um, I'm going with uh, Cubs. Terry Crews plays a guy named Gatsa Tuchamal. Uh, hits a home run off Darren Roanoke, who I have as Donald Glover in this version. Um, and the Reds lose on a walk-off home run. I picked the Reds as the team because they normally aren't very good. And the color is that of like a rose referencing love, love guru. Play on that. Um, the Reds team owner, uh, Jane Bullard, uh, portrayed by Maya Rudolph, is obviously frustrated with the result. Wants the team manager, Coach Chekhov, Will Farrell, um, to do something about it before they lose out on the playoffs. He takes Roanoke, um, having recently been separated from his wife, Prudence, uh, portrayed by Naomi Watts, uh, to the man that helped save his life, Guru Slugga, portrayed by Steve Carell. Uh, he appears delusional. Roanoke wants nothing to do with him, but he's forced to spend the next few days with him. Um, you might not be a baseball star, but Roanoke um, is helped through a series of tests, uh, training of the mind, mind over matter, uh, clears mind from failure for both baseball and his marriage. She eventually returns uh, fresh and helps the Reds win by beating the Cubs. Uh, Elizabeth Banks running the first pitch is like a cool cameo. Um, we also have cameos from uh, Cubs slugger Chris Bryant and Roldis Chapman. Um, and then also have uh, seven, seventh inning stretch, take me out to the ball game is sung by Ken Jung, because that would be hilarious. And the, how I'm implementing the rule of Jay and Silent Bob is they're going to be the radio announcers. So, um, and I also have a couple other um, casting on here. I have uh, uh, pitching coach Tim Allen, uh, bench coach Chris Rock. I also have Keegan Thompson and Ryan Stiles as assistant coaches. And then some of the teammates he's with, um, I decided to go with other comedy greats that have made some really good comedy movies in terms of like Zach Efron, Dave Franco, Kevin Hart. And I incorporated Wayne Brady because that would just be really cool for him. So, all right, that's uh, my, that's my pitch. All right, uh, Zach, what do you have? So my rule for the Love Guru was one location. Now, I'm making a completely different movie. It's still called the Love Sports because sports movies like that for me just don't work. So instead, we're going to do more of a drama 
with unintentional comedy and making it watchable. So the director of The Love Guru will be Tommy Wiseau. And he will also star. It is the Tommy Wiseau show. He's kind of like a counselor, a love counselor. He helps people going through their problems, whether it's uh, intimacy problems with their partner. They can't seem to find anybody to love or the current person they're with. They're just not connecting right. Uh, Comes in, helps a caveat of actors, old and young, most female, Halle Berry, Jennifer Aniston, Michelle Pfeiffer, people who aren't young, necessarily like 20, 25, but maybe up there at a little bit of age, people who they think should be married by now, or at least have settled down. As we go throughout the film, we realize that Tommy was so, he, he has no love of his own. He's on his own. He lives by himself in his house where he also does his counseling. This is where the whole movie will take place. Uh, about halfway, uh, not halfway through, about a quarter through the world film, he gets a call from a girl he went on a date with, played by Amy Adams, who just, we should see other people. This isn't going to work out. Eventually, he meets a client, played by Nicole Kidman, who he seems to get along with really well. She seems great to him. Um, the sessions turn from more than just an hour of talking to them trying to get to know each other a little bit better. And through the session, we learn how we just see how awkward Tommy Wiseau is when he's talking about his his personal life, his love life, and not other people's trying to give them advice. Um, after a couple sessions of her coming over, he asks her out on a date, and it's this big romantic thing, and she says no. Tommy Wiseau goes on a giant tangent, upset. We love the room, so he's going to go on one of those tangents where he's just smashing stuff. Why, Lisa? Why? He's crying. He uh, he tries to help a couple other people, but just learns he can't. Um, and at the end of the movie, Nicole Kidman comes back and says, yes, "We will go on a date." That's my that's All my right. pitch for the Love Guru. All right, uh, Jordan, do you have a question for either of them? Uh, all right, so this is a painfully obvious question that was going to be asked, but how exactly do you get Silent Bob to be a narrator or a commentator <laughs> of a baseball movie? Isn't that part of the comedy? Isn't that part of the the creative juices flowing? That's why, like when Judd Apatow, I think he's an amazing director for comedy, and I think that would he would find a way to make it really interesting. I think. Interesting. All right, they'd have to definitely, I think, add something more. It'd have to be actually shots of them inside of the booth more often than in a normal. Not that they don't have that in normal sports movies, but it'd have to be more often than normal in order to get the point across. I feel like. So interesting. True. Um, right, since Jordan had a question for for Deer, and I'll ask Zach. Zach, I was kind of into your pitch until you until you told me that a Tommy Wiseau movie is going to also <laughs> star Amy Adams and Nicole Kidman. I know The Room gave Tommy Wiseau popularity, but I don't see these actresses like big, you know. Oscar nominee level actresses ever actually doing a movie with Tommy Wiseau. So defend your choice of having real actors and actresses around him instead of like his partner, Greg Sestero and, and you know, who was in the room with him and stuff. One, Amy Adams is just a voice, but you can kind of tell it's Amy Adams. So she's in the movie, but it's not like this huge part Two, Nicole Kidman has been in trash like Aquaman to do some stuff we know she needs that paycheck that's that's how i'm going to defend that Man. 
All right. I don't know how I feel about Ken Jong singing Ken Jong singing the national anthem either. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna yeah. say right now, I'm not sold 100% on either of your pitches. I think both of them sound like they could be interesting. Uh, but I'd rather, instead of asking a question, I'd rather see you guys debate it out. So I'm going to let you do that. Okay. All right. Darren, wait, wait, go ahead. Okay. So um, I, I also agree with like what you're saying about how I think I have a hard time envisioning Amy Adams and uh, Nicole Kidman being in uh, a movie with Tommy Wiseau. I also feel similarly about that. Um, I also just, I wasn't super into it, I guess. Um, I think it would be interesting, but I just don't see it as like realistic or likely as opposed to where like where I was going with it is more like I didn't, okay, I didn't hate the love guru as much as everybody else did. There, there was at least parts of it that were entertaining and I tried to retain some of that, but kind of make it relevant. And like, I'm a big nerd for baseball movies in general. So that's kind of why I went in that direction. And I just incorporate a lot of big comedy stars that um, would be entertaining. And I also have a really, really good director kind of helming it all. So that's kind of like where I would, would differ from that. My, my thing with your pitch, and I, I'm not here to shit on everybody, but when's, what's the last comedy Jed Patel made? Was it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was it Trainwreck back in like 2015? Was that the last one? I know he does a lot of producing stuff now, but wasn't that the last comedy he did? He just said King of Staten Island. We have people, I don't that know. wasn't that long ago, was it? I don't know. Yeah, I think we did do King of Staten Island. Yeah, that just yeah, came Avatar. out this year. And Trainwreck was like I forgot about King of Staten Island. Because 2020 in cinema has been, yeah. well, like this whole year, uh, is a disaster. So, yeah. Um, Again, the Jay and Silent Bob and the radio booth thing. Uh, how are you incorporating that they like deal drugs and do a lot of pot and that kind of, you know, it's kind of like their character. Do a lot of. Pot. It's the no, only funny yeah, scene. I mean, in, there's, there's gonna be obviously. It's the only funny scene in Jay, Jay and the Silent Bob Strike Back is the Scooby Doo one. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously gonna be like references to that, but I wouldn't necessarily have to like like super lean hard into that. I mean, it's not like they're a major part of the movie, um, so. I'll keep it baseball related, but there will be like moments like that in between. I guess is how I kind of envisioned it in my mind. So, okay. Retort. All right, you, you guys have anything else to say about each other? I don't. I think this was a, a good warm up right. round, kind of get the feel of it. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Jordan, uh, where are you going? And and for the first time, your vote matters. So. I know, I know. I'm so excited. Uh, so I'll be honest, Zach, I feel like if the rule was make another Razzie, you would hands down have this. Uh, so uh, I got to I gotta throw this one to Darren just based on the principle of, of how I'm feeling. <laughs> you only picked him because he put Wayne Brady in this movie. And Ryan Stiles. Are you a big, uh, are you a big who's line? I literally downloaded yeah. the CWC app to watch it all. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Know your audience. Know, know your audience. Uh, Johnny, where, where are you? What are you thinking? Um, this was tough because I'm gonna be honest. Both of these sound pretty much just as bad as the original Love Guru, um, <laughs> which I think it's is a pretty bad movie. Of, which it's gonna be. I feel like all night that might be the theme because we gave you 
basically Razzie themed episode. So I'm basing it on both movies don't sound good or fun, but what could be a bad, like a a fun, bad watch. And the ultimate version of that is the room. While I have questions about the actresses actually participating in a Tommy Wiseau movie. um, Aim high. Aim high. Who was uh, Darren? Who was your, your love guru? Uh, uh, Steve Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell uh, is complete garbage in anything like Dinner for mm-hmm. Schmucks and when he's like this goofy character. He's really good as Michael Scott and more of the dry humor or playing kind of the dumb guy. Your movie sounds just as bad as the original, but instead of hockey, it's baseball. And I'd rather watch The Room than The Love Guru, so I'm going to go with uh, with Zach <laughs> on this one. Wow. All right, yeah. Um, my thought process is I didn't have a problem with Jay and Silent Bob in the booth. If you've seen the Adam Sandler, The Longest Yard, one of the bits in the final game is you had Chris Berman in the booth with one of the uh, prison uh, commentators. Uh, I think his name was like Babyface Bob. And the joke was like, the oh, prisoner a great didn't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the prisoner didn't mm-hmm. talk at all. And that was like a good joke that was running through. But so if I saw that in Jay and Silent Bob, I think it would just be more of the same. I feel like a better use of Jay and Silent Bob would just have them hang out, hang outside the stadium uh, during the entire movie. And I agree with Johnny that I feel like Darren's is a lot of the same of the original, but it's just replacing hockey with baseball and Zach's while I, it's not going to win any Oscars and it'll probably pick up a few Razzies. It's a little bit different and it sounds a little more interesting and there's a chance that it could be like the next room. So I'm going to go with Zach and I believe Zach gets the point. All right. All right. Fair enough. That was fun though. That was fun. I'm looking forward to six more. That was yeah. that was one of the ones I was more like confident that I'm like this doesn't suck. So, like I know what I'm yeah. like. I had a full idea for that one, so I'm fa- glad I got that one. Yeah, Darren, as the loser of this last round, what movie are we going with? And who's going first? Okay, I will go with uh, Hudson Hawk, and I will let Zach go first. All right, uh, Hudson Hawk. It came out in uh, 1991. It got a 30% on Tomatoes. Uh, This is the longest description I have for this movie. Also, I've never seen this movie, never seen a trailer for this movie. Didn't really even know this movie existed until I typed out the description about three hours ago. Uh, Wikipedia says it is a 1991 American action comedy film directed by Michael Lehman. Bruce Willis stars in the title role and also co-wrote both the story and the theme song. Theme song. Danny Aiello, Andy McDowell, James Coburn, Dave Caruso, and Frank Stallone are also featured. Uh, the live-action film employs cartoon-style slapstick heavily, heavily including sound effects, that's not right, which enhances the movie's signature surreal humor. The plot combines material based on conspiracy theories, secret societies, and historic mysteries, as well as outlandish clock punk, a technology a la Coburn's Our Man Flint movies of the 1960s. A recurring plot device in the film has Hudson and his partner Tommy Five-Tone, singing songs concurrently but separately to time and synchronize their exploits. Willis and Aiello, duets of Bing Crosby's Swingin' on a Star and Paul Inca's Side by Side are featured on the film soundtrack. So, Zach, what is your pitch for Hudson Hawk? All right, Hudson Hawk, uh, also a movie I've never seen. This is the one where we're going to the world of Harry Potter. And we're bringing back Chris Columbus. 
into this world. It's set years after the events of Harry Potter. Uh, you you might see a few cameos by some characters, but not not Daniel Radcliffe. He's not coming back. Uh, but Hudson Hawk, we're going to go with Nicholas Holt. And his partner, we're going to go with Asa Butterfield because I want someone younger mm. and who can act a little bit. Uh, I'm thinking of screwball kind of comedy um, because that's what the original Hudson Hawk is. Uh, sound effects galore with, with magic, with the wands. And it's going to be the same kind of thing where they're going from place to place in the, this universe, mostly what you see in the movies. I don't care about uh, the the new prequel, whatever movies, who those suck. Um, and then uh, Hudson gets out of prison. They're terrible. Hudson gets out of prison, and he's being blackmailed to go steal more stuff, played by Ewan Rion, uh, Rams. I don't know. Pronouncing that wrong, but uh, Ramsey Bolton from uh, Game of Thrones. So he recruits his partner to go around stealing crap from different locations in the Harry Potter universe using magic. Uh, they go to Diagon Alley, Hogsmeade. The final part takes place in Hogwarts itself, where their main goal is to steal the uh, the frame of Dumbledore with the the gift frames. Once you get to Hogwarts, you have several cameos. Uh, I'm thinking Neville, Draco, Cho, uh, Cho, Cho, I don't know, I haven't seen those movies in years. Uh, whoever. Uh, this The the one that's hired, uh, I'm just going to say Ramsey Bolton, ends up being Alfie Allen, just because I think it would be funny to see those two work together on screen. Uh, playing the unknown son of And through goofy sound effects and magic, they have a fight. Uh, they don't end up stealing the painting of Dumbledore as Neville Longbottom is once again a hero helping Hudson Hawk start a normal life. All right. <clears throat> I'm interested. Uh, that was- Darren, what, what, what's your Hudson Hawk? Okay, so for my Hudson Hawk, the rule that I am going to implement is I'm going to have Paul Newman and Robert Redford be the two main characters. Um, I am going to have this be a Ben Affleck movie. He's going to direct it. He's going to write it. He's going to star in it. Um, so um, it's going to be, like I said, heavily inspired by his other films like Gone Day Gone, The Town, Live by Night. Um, this remake will have a much like darker tone, more in the vein of a thriller than that like just crazy kind of wacky comedy in the original, which I also have not seen. Um, the plot will remain very much similar in terms of like it's a blackmail heist from a you know, mob boss um, to steal a never before seen like Da Vinci painting. That's for my slight changes um, that they realize holds major historical significance or their love interest uh, in a Baragli, who in this version would be by Gal Gadot um, would be killed. Uh, the campy nature of the films replaced, like I said, with realistic gritty approach um, after Eddie and Tommy, who are Paul Newman and Robert Redford uh, magically time traveling in a weird way to like the world we are now. You could argue we're kind of doing that with, CGI and, and whatnot, but uh, uh, somehow like successfully steal the painting. Um, they decide not to return it to the mom boss family, um, who like the, the Mayflowers, who in my version are John David Washington and uh, Wami Misaku, um, and wish to break free from the oppressive reign of the mafia. So now they have the FBI director, George Kaplan, and which is where Ben Affleck comes in, and his crew, uh, portrayed by Joe Manganiello, Tom Welling, and Cynthia Dye Robinson. Along with the mob, whom uh, is portrayed by, I have Yaya Abdul Mateen II, Tessa Thompson, uh, Will Rop from Affleck's uh, latest movie, 
And then I have uh, Richard Citrone, who is uh, actually the uh, stuntman uh, for Affleck when he was Batman. Um, both of those sets of crews on their tail. Um, the final act ends in a shootout, kind of like the town, um, where they're successful in their heist, but they end up paying a deadly price to do so with the death of Tommy. Um, the setting will change to Boston, of course, and the film will be called The River, due to the name of the mysterious painting being called The River, and it's also a reference to the title of Affleck's The Town, which is named after Charlestown, but cut off Charles from the title, just like Charles River goes through Boston, and the same thing kind of happens here. So that's kind of like my fun pitch for that. All right. Uh, I went to Jordan first last time. I'll go to Johnny this time. Do you got any questions? Um, yeah, question for, for Zach. You said this takes place... When when does this take place in the Harry Potter universe? I thought you said it takes place well After, before, and then you had Neville and Draco. No, no, no. I, that that might have been my mic cutting out, or I just stumbled over. No, it takes place after the events of uh, the seventh book, uh, Deathly Hallows, like year, years down the line, years down. The line. Even even after um, the, the last scene in the book where they send their kids off to Hogwarts or whatever. I don't remember. Okay. Um, and then quick for Darren, I think the whole point of Hudson Hawk was it was like a, a, it was basically Bruce Willis's passion project because he wanted to be a jazz singer. He literally made an album when he was, you know, the great Bruno and everything. I feel like music is an important part. You don't necessarily need Ben Affleck to be a jazz singer, but how is music incorporated into, into your movie? Very easily. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of went in a completely different direction because, I mean, you could argue the film won a Razzie for a reason. So um, I kind of want to do something different with it. I kind of thought the idea of, like, uh, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, the movie itself has two kind of main characters in a sense. So I think that would be kind of like that buddy-buddy kind of, uh, like, two best friends. Um, so that's kind of where I came from with that. Okay. All right. Is that all you had? Yep. All right, Jordan, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I, uh, for Zach, for your Harry Potter pitch, um, I, I don't actually hate it, but I think one of the big issues I might have with it is we basically had two whole movies of part seven, part one, and two, where they were basically doing the same thing. They went around and had to find things and steal them in order to accomplish a larger goal. I get it's overall different, but having a lot of the similar similar tones overall might be an issue. Um I think uh, Asa Butterfield would be a really interesting cast in that. Um, the only thing I've seen him in is Sex Education, um, but I love that, and I would like to see You're him in that. Your, I, I mean, yeah. yeah, so um, <clears throat> I think it could be interesting. Uh, Darren, I actually like your pitch. Um, I, to, I mean, you know, the point of it is to change it up completely, but you change it up so much uh, that I think it would be really interesting to see uh, that take on it. Um, make it a more serious type type movie like that. I think would be really fascinating. All right, yeah, I just have one question, and it's uh, for Darren. My question is, uh, with the changing of the tone and making it almost a completely different movie, and then changing the title as well, do you, uh, do you feel you've gone too far from making it a Hudson Hawk reboot, and you're just making a completely different movie that's not really connected to Hudson Hawk, except for like the bare basic plot? Yes and no. So I mean, obviously, I changed quite a bit of it um, because I, I kept some of the template of the original plot as a part of it, though, um, in terms of like stealing, in terms of you know, um, 
kind of the idea of, of the movie in general is it's still the, the 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 structure is still somewhat similar it's just how it's um executed is much different that's kind of how i would would kind of phrase it all right uh, uh, we got a little cat coming across <laughs> the screen here nice all right that's all i had so i'll let you guys fight it out Exactly. Uh, now I'll let you go first again, just because I want to see where you're coming from. And uh, in terms of like my pitch or yours, uh, you pitch, yeah. we'll, we'll argue yeah. it out a little. Okay, yeah, I want to so see guys tear each other apart. I want to see blood. Yeah, you guys are too polite. Let's get some passion. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there it's now. Early. It's round fucking two of seven. Yeah, that's we're true. like halfway yeah. done. Yeah. All okay. right, Darren, so, tear them apart. Yeah. There's one. There's one. I, I there's one. I I know. So, okay. So yeah, you're you you've changed Hudson Hawk. I've never seen the movie. The only time I've ever heard the movie was in an interview. I think it was with like Dan Harm, uh, the Rick and Rick and Morty and guy. He talked about it like it was it was a comic book movie before comic book. I mean, you already had Batman and Batman Returns. That and Superman, but it was like a comic movie. The way people thought comic books were childish, goofy, uh, full of uh, stupid noises, and that's what Hudson Hawk kind of is. There's transitions I've I've heard where like he falls through a ceiling and he's in the next freaking scene. Um, it I, we're dealing with a bunch of trash. It's hard to make. It's hard to polish a turd. But <laughs> I kind of agree with them that you're, you've changed the movie completely. And I did the same thing with Love Guru, but at least it's still whatever. What, what do you have to say about just completely changing the film as I drop my phone? Well, I also have not actually seen the movie. I just watched a couple clips on YouTube after we decided this was one of the movies. Um, I mean, it's been plain and simple. Like you said, we're not doing good movies, obviously. So um, one of the things I really want to do is I saw the structure and I thought the first thing I thought of was how it really fits a lot of Ben Affleck's movies. Um, you think of like Argo, the town, uh, gone baby gone, uh, even live by night, even though some people don't like that one as much. Um, it's, it's follows that similar kind of tone, similar kind of action, thriller drama. So I, I saw the structure. I saw how it, how it incorporates that. And that's kind of, you know, I wanted to change it up and go a little bit differently because I just really wasn't into the original uh, plot of it, I guess. Um, and actually, in terms of yours, I actually think it's a pretty interesting idea. I think that'd be cool. Um, but I'm not 100% sold, especially like after the fact. Um, if I wanted a Harry Potter movie after the fact, it would be with the main cast, but like years later, kind of like episode seven of Star Wars, but maybe you could argue better. But um, so, or a prequel, but that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm falling on that, I guess. I, I have questions about the cast and I have questions about the, the, uh, the time frame and even the tone, I guess, to an extent. Yeah. My, I'll, I'll ask a backup question. Cause I never asked that question. What is the tone of your movie? Is that, is it like just the comedy? Is it basically the exact same tone that Hudson Hawk was or? Is your mic muted? Yeah, we can't hear you. 
Uh, not quite as stupidly goofy as Hudson Hawk is from like the couple of clips I've seen, but it's close. I think when you have a world as rich as this and you can do whatever you want with magic, I mean, J.K. Rowling just made crap up. The books went along. Uh, you can do things in that universe. You just have to be creative and think of them. You've never, we've never seen straight up comedy in the Star in that Star Wars, Harry Potter universe, and or in the magical universe. And if there's some in Fantastic Beasts, it, I I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. argue the first half of Fantastic Beasts, but I, the less said about that, the better. Yeah. 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 You brought it up twice. Right, That's more than anybody needs to bring it up this year. <laughs> All right, I think I know where I'm going to go, but uh, Johnny, do you have your do you have your decision made? Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, clearly Dar- Darren's is easily the better movie and the movie I would like to see more. Um, but choosing his movie sets a dangerous precedent because he changed way, way too much about his movie where it doesn't resemble anything involving Hudson Hawk, including changing the title. Um, I mean, Hudson Hawk is kind of the idea of it was like, you know, it was basically like a Dick Tracy type of movie and you can't make a Dick Tracy movie or a Batman movie without those characters in them. And I feel like that's basically what you did with Hudson Hawk. And that would, uh, again, set a precedent for this show that, uh, I don't want to delve down because anyone can just make any movie they want and say, oh yeah, it kind of fits in with what I wanted to do. Um, even though J.K. Rowling has doubled and tripled down on being one of the worst humans in the world and the Fantastic Beast <laughs> movies suck, I do think there's room to explore in those universes if you do change it up. Just, so so at least if um, if uh, you make a comedy and she's not involved with it, then I, I think you could at least do something more interesting. So I, I, I think Zach's um, is at least watchable, and I just think Darren changed, changed too much of the movie. If you had to cap some of the aspects of Hudson Hawk, I think yours would have won, but it was just a completely different film. So my ruling is for Zach. All right, uh, Jordan, what are, you, what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, I'm going with Zach as well on this one. Um, he kept it more in terms of, hey, this is the same movie, just a little different in terms of, hey, here's a completely different film altogether. And I got to be honest, guys, uh, I'm glad that, if all the disagreements we'll all ever have, the one thing we can all agree on is how terrible the Fantastic Beasts films are. Yeah, so you're right. I'm yeah, going with uh, I'm going with Zach on this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Those Fantastic Beasts movies are straight trash, and I also agree <laughs> that I'm giving my point to Zach. I think changing the title was a bridge too far. I think if you had kept the title, I might have went with you because I'm like, okay, we have the title. You know, it's a little bit of the same plot because I think Darren's movie sounded better. It's just, I don't know if you released that movie, if anyone watching it would be like, oh, this is kind of like Hudson Hawk. So I had to go, I had to go with Zach. And so we can also agree. K. Raleigh, one of the beloved humans on earth, is tweet out Merry Christmas wizards every year. That's all she needed to do. <laughs> Said we, got all this other we do have a comment I want to flash on the screen real quick. Uh, we need oh, to bring God. the wig back. Oh, is it Tristan? No, the wig is only for when me and Bobby are on the same episode. 
When oh. I got, I got an appointment, oh, Abby and I aren't on the episode together. I don't have a point to. I don't have a point to prove to anybody here. It's only a point I got to prove to Bobby, and that's Rambo can be anywhere, whether it's a superhero movie or hosting this <laughs> podcast. So, no. I gotta agree with John Fricky on this one. Whoever he might be related to on this podcast, I think yeah, he's I right. Know. All right. So yeah, sorry guys. His name's John. That's my dad. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zach. Uh, or uh, sorry, uh, Darren. It's your pick again. Okay. Um, let's see. Since we were just talking about Harry Potter, uh, I'll uh, go with uh, the movie that I picked for the rule of having the uh, movie set in the world of the Harry Potter. Um, I'm going to go with Holmes and Watson. For that All right. One. All right. So. Interesting. And are, are you going to want to go first then, I assume? Or yeah, I'll go first. Pick? All right. Uh, before you go, uh, yeah. Holmes and Watson got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Wikipedia describes it as a 2018 American mystery buddy comedy film written and directed <laughs> by Eaton Cohen. Uh, the film stars Will Ferrell and John C. Riley as the eponymous characters Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson uh, with Rebecca Hall, Rob Brydon, Steve Coogan, and Rafe Fiennes in supporting roles. The plot follows the famed detective duo as they set out to find the culprit behind the threat at Buckingham Palace. And Darren, what's your uh, Holmes and Watson? Okay, so like I said, I'm going with that one in the world of Harry Potter. Um, I just kind of believe it fits out a little bit better. So uh, my director, I'm going to pick and I'm going to kind of keep it somewhat similar to the Harry Potter kind of tone that we've seen in a lot of the movies. Um, but just like a Finally, a different director, finally, and um, someone that obviously is a really good director that I think could do a, a really cool job with this would be David Fincher. Um, so what I'm going with this is it's it's going to be um, obviously a, like a prequel, uh, Ministry of Magic, our mystery thriller. So we got Sherlock Holmes and Watson, who I have as uh, Billy Crudup. Uh, from from Watchmen as Doctor Manhattan, also Snoya Mizuno from Ex Machina, uh, secretly wizards uh, living like a dual life between the Muggle world and the Wizarding world. The irony lies in how they aren't like dual identities since they solve murders and work with law enforcement, but like both, I guess you could say, um, or that's how they're perceived. So the story takes place well before Fantastic Beasts. Um, Jack the Ripper, well known for his murderous antics, um, is actually a dark wizard. Um, as Holmes and Watson discover, the murders are not by accident. They uncover a pattern, like all the victims were witches, the good kind, uh, that had discovered a secret. They all worked for the Ministry of Magic and were undercover, killed as a mere statement to the wizarding world to smear the victim's dignity in front of the muggle world at the time, which was um, obviously very, very old-fashioned back then. Um, so Holmes and Watson are delegated to the side and not taken seriously by a Minister of Magic Lestrade, who might have as Jeremy Irons. Um, and I'm also including uh, Dr. Jekyll in this one, which I actually have as Stephen Amell uh, in that role. So the ministry believing uh, famous villain Mr. Edward Hyde to be Jack the Ripper. Um, the duo team up with nurse Grace Hart, who I have as Erica Durance from uh, Smallville as well as Lane, um, to put together the clues to tie together Jack the Ripper's plan, uh, killing female witches um, with magic, but also like via knife, uh, like I said, to help. So with the help of Mr. Hyde to conceal his identity. So a trap is set. Um, they pretty much know where the next attack's going to be based on where the previous ones were. Um, they spot it, they get into a big battle with Aurors. Um, some of the Aurors I have are Albert Jones. Uh, you might remember him from Mindhunter. Also, I have Leyland Orser, who is also in Seven, which also David Fincher directed. Um, once, uh, and also, I should point out, um, 
uh, Albert Jones, his character, his art, he is the son of a Hogwarts professor, uh, Professor Moriarty, um, who was portrayed by Morgan Freeman. Um, he also, once he realizes the battle is going, he operates out of Hogwarts to the battle assassination. Um, our, and I have it as like a reference to J.K. Rowling, J.K. Deck, who was portrayed by Oscar Isaac, um, is revealed to be Jack the Ripper, plus Dr. Jack and Mr. Hyde, same person. You kind of get the idea. Um, they, uh, they, uh, that character dies. And also what appears to be Jack the Ripper and Professor Moriarty dying in an explosive rubble. Turns out at the end of the movie, there's this big plot twist where Holmes and Watson uncover years later that Jack the Ripper did manage to escape and live in exile for 20 years. That's my pitch. All right. Interesting. Uh, Zach, what is your Holmes and Watson? Okay. For my Holmes and Watson, we have the Robert Downey Jr. franchise, which has that Robert Downey Jr. humor of it. But I wanted to go, again, with more of a comedy. Um, So for director, this is my Jay and Silent Bob film, by the way. Uh, Director, I went with Mark Duplass um, because he has a bit of douchiness that I kind of want. Uh, but he has a relationship with one of my castmates. Any comedy in the past? Uh, Jay will be sure. Silent Bob will be Watson. He's quiet, but uh, very clearly he is the smarter one, as we see throughout the film. My Moriarty will be played by Nick Kroll. Uh, with two stoners who are kind of just more like, hey, I want someone more over the top as my villain, but also come across as a bit of an asshole. I don't know how many of you have watched uh, the show The League. Um he's kind of an asshole in that show and halfway will be a love interest because she seems to want to be in any little thing right now. And, uh, the rest rounding up main cat career and out as, uh, as my queen the movie still takes place in England. It's kind of uh, one of those comedic duo things where you just put them in different situations and there's no, there's no continuity from film to film. Like who cares? Uh, instead of weed, they do opium because I think it would be funny. We open up the film. Uh, they're solving a case where they have to rescue Anne Hathaway, who's tied up with Amy Schumer. Uh, they're about to have a piano dropped on them. Through a series of events, they find out that Amy Schumer is actually working with Moriarty. They save Hathaway, and the piano drops on Amy Schumer. I think that would be a fun opening bit because everybody gets what they want. Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> run around going through various clues to try and take out Nick Kroll. Occasionally, they'll find a clue. They'll be like, oh, we need to get to this next place, and they'll take a break to go smoke. That's just what they do. Kill the queen through various disguises, as you've seen on the Nick Kroll show. He can do voices, and he's done whatever. Big fan of Nick Kroll uh, when he's not being – forget what I just said. When he's, when he's not um, doing the Kroll show. Yeah. <laughs> when he's not doing the Kroll show, yeah, basically – uh, Jay, they solve some clues. They and they get into Buckingham Palace. Nick, they run by Nick Kroll as he's dressed as like one of the the security guards with the big poofy hats. Uh, I don't remember what they're called. Uh, there, he's dressed as like in big powdered wig and this you know ridiculous looking British monarch suit with the hoop skirt and everything. Just all very ridiculous, but they don't notice a thing because they're high and they don't care. But it is clear he knows what he's doing. Jay will say something inside of Bob. You know, he's not going to talk that much. He'll shake his head. And eventually they solve the case, catch Nick Kroll, Moriarty, and save the queen. And they are honored by the British monarch. Key. 
All right. All right. Yeah, I think I have a good grasp on what both of your movies are. Uh, Jordan, Catch. do you have a question for either of them? Uh, yeah, Darren, I think I just missed it. Who are your Holmes and Watson? Who are the actors? Yep. Uh, yep. I'll. Uh... So for my, it's uh, uh, Billy Billy Crudup and Sonoya Mizuno. Uh, yes. Okay. So yeah, I did I did change the gender of one of the characters. So. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. Is that is that all you had, Jordan? <laughs> Uh, no. So, is this a Holmes and Watson movie or a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde movie? This is a Holmes and Watson movie. Okay. Yes. Just, just putting that out there. I, I thought the line kind of got blurred sometimes. Uh, you, when your initial pitch, you brought it back in at the end. Um, I had actually, I don't want to say I had forgotten because I didn't, but I was wondering how it was going to be pulled back in to be a Holmes and Watson movie. Um, I actually really like the duality of wizards working with the Muggle world being like uh, the crime solver side of things, uh, police officers and the whole Jack the Ripper thing, uh, I think was actually a really interesting take on it. So I like that. Uh, Zach, I liked um, I liked that you kept a general comedic feel to it a little bit more. Uh, I also like uh, Nick Kroll in, in everything but the Kroll show. I think I've watched maybe two episodes and it was so bad I never wanted to watch it again. Um, I like... Uh, uh, just how you tied everything together. And I think really the more comedic tone is, is probably a little more true to how it, uh, that movie was going to go. So, um, that's my two cents. All right. Johnny, do you have a question for either of them? Um, not so much a question. I, I'm, I think right now I kind of know who, I, who I'm leaning towards. Um, but, but, it, depending on the argument, someone can win me over. My my one question again is for is for Zach because Mark Duplass. I know he is in the league and he's really funny in that show and he's kind of the straight man in the show. Um, but his movies that he directs are super dry humor, if any humor. And his most recent ones were Creep and Creep Two, where he's doing horror and found footage. And then you insert Jay and Silent Bob. So I'm just questioning your tone of how everyone fits together because the comedy in the league doesn't fit with the comedy in Jay and Silent Bob. And Mark Duplass as a director doesn't fit with the comedy of, um, you know, like Ali Schaefer and everyone who makes the league in those shows. So I chose Mark Duplass because I want, I don't, I, I've been too easy to pick Kevin Smith and no one, wants to pick Kevin Smith. And I wanted a sense of douchiness that he had in some of his early comedies when he, not comedies, but they were, they were comedy and maybe another genre. I know he did a horror comedy kind of, um, and he's branching out a little bit more. That's a great question. I thought it would be a good pick just because it's someone different, someone a little off the board, maybe someone that could bring a, a new voice to Holmes and Watson, which has been done to death. I mean, Will Ferrell tried and it was terrible. Um, so I, that's my answer. That's a good question that I've not necessarily got a great answer to. <laughs> that's right. okay. That's uh, with Darren, my I've question heard. for you, Johnny, is that all you had? That's all I got. All right. Darren, my question for you is, was, is, was Jack the Ripper or Dr. Chuckle and Mr. Hyde, were they in like the Will Ferrell, Holmes and Watson at all? Or was that your addition? I only added, uh, Dr. Chuckle, Mr. Hyde. I, but just because Jack the of Ripper the time was, period and yeah. Jack the Ripper well, was in the Will Ferrell one, or? Well, I was just thinking back, but if, if you're going to, uh, like, like thinking back to, like, being a prequel to Holmes and Watson um, back in the day. So, 
how I viewed it was I was in a, a play for a community theater once called Jack yeah. the Ripper. And Holmes and Watson were also the main characters of that. And just basing it on like a lot of like you think of Seven, you think of Zodiac, you think of Mindhunter, those kind of movies um, in terms of like the, the tone of it. That's kind of where I was kind of headed with that. Okay. Um, so uh, to be honest, I haven't seen Holmes and Watson, the, the Will Ferrell one. Um, I heard it was really bad. The trailer was very, very bizarre. And I just, I, I wasn't really interested in seeing it. So I haven't actually seen it along with most yeah. of these movies, but. Yeah, me either. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, I, I heard all I need for at least the openings. I'll let you guys fight it out. And I want to see somebody cry. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no need. Cry. Come on, man. I'm ugly enough. I don't need an ugly cry. You two at least got to start fighting. Come on. Okay. So so I'll I'll start. So, um, Zach, with yours, I I think it's interesting, although you could make an argument that, you know, especially with the most recent Holmes and Watts movie, with that comedy route really, really not working. And like you said, it's been done to death. Um, I think, wouldn't it be better to have to just kind of change it going a slightly different direction in terms of the take on the movie? Yes, it's still a Holmes and Watson movie, but wouldn't you think like an audience would find it a little bit more refreshing to find something a little, just a little different? Not quite as different as my last pitch, but just something, something a little, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. A little bit, some bit new, I guess I should say. I think there's room where you could have a comedy in characters because you already have so many serious and type show. You have Sherlock, the Robert Downey Jr. I know is a little comedic. I haven't never seen those. Robert Downey Jr. He's doing his Robert Downey Jr. shtick because that's just what he does now. And I know they want to expand that universe. I read that the other day. But there's room in here, sort of like Harry Potter, where you can do comedy. You can do different things. I mean, how stupid or not stupid, but funny would be like they're solving these crimes. They're like, oh, we got to get to this next place. And they just all of a sudden they're starting to smoke because they got nothing better to do. And that's to solve the next uh, clue, do the next thing. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. There is room for that. And it, it's definitely been done before. I mean, you can obviously see the success in it. But, I mean, do you think audiences would be afraid to see a Holmes and Watts movie where there is comedy, which would probably be in the trailer, because that's what helps sells it? Do you think that would scare people away at all? Is this my question? Just a question. Would it scare people away? No. I think if you make a good trailer, not, uh, crappy movies, even if they're, even if they're crap, some people will see it if you make a good trailer. I mean, how many times have we seen great trailers for bags and horrible trailers for good movies? Um, right, right, yep. I, I think there's, I think you can do it, but you just have to show the better parts. You have to intrigue people. Right, the job of any good trailer for sure. Um, do you have any questions? Yeah, about you know, we're not, we're not, we can't all be trailer house. Yeah, just like we can't Squad, all be trailer right? house. Some some might say yeah, any Zack Snyder God. movie. Good trailer. <laughs> movie. Oh, shots fired. Look, I, I, we've done enough. We've done enough piling on Zack Snyder. We don't need to get into that. Uh, my question is kind of the same thing. Haven't we seen enough like completely serious Holmes and Watson stuff? Honestly, haven't we seen enough Holmes and Watson to be perfectly honest? Can't we do something else for God's sakes? But I mean, you I think, got a defense I mean, on that? Yes, I think. I mean, obviously, I think a David Fincher Holmes and Watson would be different 
enough, but not radically different, um, but different enough. And I think set in the world of Harry Potter, for me, I think that differentiates, but it's it's still the characters. It's a prequel. I mean, what have we talked about in our group chat for years with Tristan, right? Like, wouldn't it be awesome to have a prequel like Harry Potter series or just like a like a straight up like hard R or just an hour movie? And that's kind of where I'm, where I'm kind of going here. I think there's room to, yes, you can have a, a, just a little bit of, of Hogwarts in it to establish, yes, a Harry Potter movie. It's in that world. But you can still make it different enough where it's an hour movie. Maybe it's set in England, you know, where or London or, you know, it's set somewhere different. And it can, it can be its own thing in that world and expand that world in a much better way than that movie that we've referenced too many times already. <laughs> so I'll, uh, but I'll just interrupt. I'm gonna say uh, the rainbow can be anywhere. Yeah, yeah, she can. Our cat's name is Rambo. That just popped up on screen. So, all right, that's. I I think I have my main my mind made up as far as this this. Yeah, I, I do as well. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, Jordan, what are you thinking? All right, uh, I think I'm. Personally, I would throw this one to Darren. Um, you know, you, you said you know how many serious how many serious Holmes and Watson type movies are we gonna get? But the what they base it off of doesn't really lend itself to a lot of hilarious, haha, comedic tones. So, I mean, you know, it's all depending on how you write it. But I, I think the base of it itself, what you have to build off of, isn't meant to be a hilarious thing. So, um, I really like the take on it. I think it'd be really interesting to do something completely unrelated to the rest of the Harry Potter universe that's already established and, but to have it be there. Um, so I, I really like that. I, I just want some sort of redemption as a Harry Potter fan for that universe. So I would go that way with it. All right. Uh, Johnny. Um, yeah, I, I think with, um, with Zach's and Darren's, I think they both kind of missed out on opportunities to improve their their movie and their pitch. But obviously, I mean, you guys are first time competitors. It's it's things you'll you'll learn a little from doing this more and more. I think Darren, your movie would have been more interesting if Holmes and Watson were Muggles and they discover wizards, and it's more of them um, figuring that out on their end. I would be more interested in and them kind of being uh, wizards and stuff. Zach, I think your movie would be better if it was Jane Silent Bob helping uh, a Holmes and Watson straight man crew. I think they work better when they have um, two other characters to work with. And it's not like the Jane Silent Bob adventure movies, because those are probably the worst movies that those are in. I'd rather have something like Clerks where they're not the main focus. Um, but I think overall... Uh, I really like David Fincher and anything with Sonoya Mizuno is going to win my heart. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Darren uh, as well on this one. Yeah. It looks like we have another clean sweep, but this time going the other way. Cause I was going to go with Darren as well. Uh, I think a lot of the home, like the Sherlock Holmes stuff we've seen recently has been present day. So I think it would almost be different to go back to the original, like when Sherlock Holmes was set. And, I, and then you add Harry Potter in, into it. And I think he did a good job of mixing Harry Potter into it. And I like the plot of his movie. And my main problem with Zach's is uh, kind of what Johnny brought up is I feel like the Jay and Silent Bob movies are better when they're not the main characters and they're more the side characters. And I also felt, especially with them as Holmes and Watson, I feel like while they may be more of an iconic duo than uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, I feel like overall the quality of work, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are better. 
So to go from them to Jay and Silent Bob, you're kind of doing a similar type of movie, but then downgrading uh, the talent involved. So I decided to go with Darren. And so I believe that makes it two to one. It does indeed. Congratulations, Darren, on your first point in the Movie Change Up podcast. All right. I'm going to say myself there. All right, uh, Zach, as the uh, loser of this round, where are we going? going (laughs) Four. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. All right, who's going first? Fantastic Four. Uh, Darren, uh, Darren, go first on this one. I will defer. Darren, go first. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, Got a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Wikipedia says it's an American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics superhero team of the same name. Uh, The film stars Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Jamie Bell, and Toby Kebbell. In the film, the team must learn to harness their superhuman abilities gained from an alternate universe to to save Earth from a friend-turned-enemy. All right, Darren. Okay. So this one I actually really kind of went back and forth on. I really struggled to come up with an interesting idea. Um, I really did not want to make just, uh, you know, oh, it's back to Marvel. We can make an MCU movie. I kind of wanted to do something a little bit different um, because I just kind of felt like that would be monotonous. So um, I actually have Fetty Alvarez directing this movie. And um, the rule I have for this one is I'm going to have Danny Trejo in it. So uh, he is actually the main villain. So um, I'm kind of... The direction I'm going with this is after seeing what has happened with um, Zack Snyder's kind of Justice League going HBO Max and like DC uh, fandom focusing on the, on the multiverse, um, I decided that Disney's going to take a page out of DC's book on this one. Uh, instead of immediately incorporating MCU, they're going to build to that later on, um, especially since there seems like they're going more towards streaming service shows of their characters anyway. So in the meantime, to, to keep fans and subscribers on their streaming service, they decide they're going to release Josh Trank's version of Fantastic Four under the 20th, 21st century films umbrella, um, kind of like for darker films, I guess you could say, and they greenlight a sequel, and that's what my movie is. My movie's a sequel. So it's going to be um, not in the same continuity as the MCU. So it will retain the main cast of the movie and follow the origin of Mole Man, um, who will be Danny Trejo, Machete, um, in Monster Isle, and his eventual confrontation uh, years after the first film uh, with Fantastic Four um, with the uh, Bulboids, which are mole-human hybrids. Um, so Mole Man has taken up nuclear plants. He's going to rid the surface world of its toxic inhabitants, um, referring to his outsider status for being different, which is kind of like the, the backstory of that character in general, which also Trank has said is interesting as well. So it would have his blessing. Um, so that led to uh, Mole Man's monsters being created, which can be portrayed by Maya Hawk, Stephen Lang, uh, Manu Bennett, who was the Deathstroke and Arrow, um, Dylan Minnette from 13 Reasons Why, and uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but Savrir Gudnason. Um, he has worked with um, Betty Alvarez um, in the past. Um, so it, it causes a very difficult task for the Fantastic Four. Um, it didn't help that they disbanded after dis- after saving the world from Doctor Doom, um, pursued their own lives, including their uh, soulmates, I guess you could say. Um, Reed and Sue were forced to confront their feelings for each other after dating others early on, uh, portrayed by Kiernan Shipka. And uh, Emily Radichkowski, and while uh, Johnny and Ben are set on not being in a relationship until they are confronted with Elijah, who's Vanessa Hudgens, and Alicia Masters, who's Claire Foy. Um, they would eventually come together to defeat Mole Man thanks to the help of Namor, the submariner, um, who would be portrayed by the one and only uh, Dakari Montgomery uh, from Stranger Things. 
and the combination of Elijah and Alicia. Um, it explores the theme of like, what really is love? Is it finding a life partner? Is it feeling accepted despite being different and non-conforming to stereotypes? Um, so the film will end with the, the Molines being accepted among the human race and vice versa. And you guessed it, a post-credit scene referencing Galactus to set up a sequel, who would be Javier Bardem. So I know that's kind of crazy and totally not what the original pitch was, but that's what I got. All right. Interesting. Zach, what is your Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four is going to be with WWE superstars past and present. Hell yeah. Director, we're going to go with James Gunn because James Gunn gave Batista a freaking career in movies, which if you watched Batista when he was wrestling, well, I think he'd be a movie star, and here we are, and he's made choices. So for Mr. Fantastic, we're going to go with Edge. Uh, Invisible Woman, we're going to go with Alexa Bliss. Johnny Storm, CM Punk. And The Thing, I'm cheating here a little bit, but hear me out. It's going to be, a, it's not going to be, a, it's just going to be a voice, act, but the way this voice actor talk, only talk like, you only talk like the ultimate warrior. So he'll kind of do like that snarl, he'll only speak in just weird sentences, step into the cockpit, Hulk Hogan, like stuff like that. Uh, Dr. Doom will be played by John as we finally get a heel, we finally get a heel turn. Um, but what we're going to do with this Fantastic Four movie is... We're going to make it like the comics. Um, they're a big family, and they're scientists. They don't necessarily go out on missions all the time. They try to figure stuff out uh, in their tower or wherever, you know, their base or wherever it may be. Um, it's not going to be an origin movie, but we can do it like a flashback, kind of like how BVS did with uh, with Batman, where it was just kind of a, a quick little clip, and that's like, oh, okay, that's, that's where they came from. That's all right. Um, we're going to have Dr. Doom with two henchmen played by The Undertaker and Kane, mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Congratulations to him. And then we'll have random WWE surgeon who's really trying to work with the Fantastic Four, maybe even control them a little bit, will be played by Chris Jericho. Uh, a who thinks that the Fantastic Four shouldn't be a thing will be played by Randy Orton. And what I want to do with the Fantastic Four is kind of make it like a Marvel movie. Um, you know, a couple battles, they overcome some obstacles because we haven't done that with the Fantastic Four. And doing when we did something different, it was terrible. Um, and that's why we're doing talking about this movie right now. Um, John Cena has to do a You Can't See Me in the movie. That's my that's what I have to say. They have a tough time over over in under in do Undertaker. As kind of his zombie gimmick, it doesn't have to be straight up Undertaker, or it can do biker gimmick. I'm I'm open to either. I prefer biker gimmick because it's cooler. Um, Kane can be the monster. So yeah, well, I mean, I think I've explained. Like we're just going to do a standard Marvel movie, but it's going to be with a fun cast. It's going to be with uh, fun performances, and I think it'll work. It would work out very well. All right. All right. All right, uh, Johnny. Do you have a question for either of them? Um, I would say to Darren, the Fanforstic movie was one of the worst pieces of garbage ever made. In what universe would any of the cast want to return for a sequel? With the production nightmare and the movie being garbage, I don't see any of them agreeing to ever in a million years coming back to your movie. 
You know, I did think about that too. Um, but I think a lot of things have changed since then. I think I could argue. Um, I, I think especially if that now no longer are those Fox executives there. Josh Trank is no longer there. Yeah, I guess you could say in spirit he would be there. But so, I mean, there's already some differences already in terms of what the problems were before are not going to be there now, I guess you could say. So that's going to, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, Zach, have you ever seen the movie Money Plane? And it, obviously you haven't. So why would you ever cast Edge? I feel like he can't act. I've never seen it, so there you go. <laughs> there, that answers that question. No one probably decides to chaperone. I had seen the chaperone because I was thinking about Triple H, but. Eh. Yeah, no, you don't want to put it. Edge is about that same level. Although I haven't seen Vikings, to give him credit. I guess he's on that show, too. So if anyone else out there seen was, Vikings, let us know. Edge was, like, decent in his guest appearances on Arrow, so. Yeah, that's the best you can ever say for any acting on that that, that show. <laughs> that's why I picked James Gunn. He, he made Batista, and, uh, you know, and Batista also made some great choices film wise. He didn't pick crap. Yeah. So yeah, I, would, I wouldn't have Batista thought Batista was in a movie before that. So I, I and now I love him. So I get that. that that's a good All defense. Right. All right. Uh, who's, anyone who's else? Who's in a movie? With yeah. Jordan, you got and, anything? Yeah. Um, so for Darren, tell me a little bit more how Danny Trejo's character fits uh, into the sequel because I got the whole uh, theme of what you were going for, but I'm not in my mind. I'm not able to put together exactly how Danny Trejo's character fits into the overarching theme of of what you were telling us. For sure, right. So the main theme that I was going for is you know like what is love, uh, not the song, but actually you know like the idea. Um, so. His character is, I mean, I kind of, the way I picture it, it's kind of like Batman Returns with the Penguin, with Danny DeVito's Penguin, where he, like, he's kind of cast out of our world in a sense, and like he's bitter about it, and then he comes back, you know, later on. So, um, and, 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 and uh, for Danny Trejo, it's in terms of revenge, in terms of, you know, like he has this, this group of people that are more accepting, that you could argue, than the people up on Earth. Um, and yeah, like, so that's kind of like the, the the angle is where it's it's more out of spite and revenge for his upbringing and how he was viewed, um, and then also in terms of like the main characters as well. Like, but just the same idea, but in a, in a dip on the other flip side of that concept, I guess. Okay, got it. Um, Zach, what is the budget for acting coaches in your movie? Because <laughs> you went from like. Hey, I'm gonna have like two WWE superstars in my movie. To literally every single character is a WWE superstar, and well, if it's that, not, wasn't you're that, wrong. Wasn't yeah, rule, that was the rule. Kind of it was, it was that's the rule. Had to be. That was the rule, wasn't it? They all had to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE superstars. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. I just was so uh, that's I gonna mean, be it, whenever you, whenever you Darren so many in. I just I don't have a problem with it. It's just you know. All right. All right, Jordan, is that all you had? I got it. I want to reference. All right. All right. Uh, my question for Darren is I, know, I like Danny Trejo. And... Yeah. yeah, my question for Darren is I like Danny Trejo. You know, he's good in the Machete movies, but those Machete movies are not like known for their Oscar level acting. So I, I'm going to need you to defend 
Danny Trejo as a good enough actor who can like carry the movie as a villain because we've seen like Oscar worthy actors and Oscar worthy performances out of recent uh, comic book movies as far as the villains go with Killmonger and then the Joker. And I just feel like Danny Trejo is going to like be there, I guess. Yeah. I see what you're oh my gosh. Okay. So um, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. Like he's obviously not, an Oscar level act, you could say, but like if you look at Dave Batista, and even like you can look at Dwayne Johnson early in his career, they weren't necessarily amazing actors per se, but they got better. They improved their craft, and I think this it would be material that would lend itself towards towards that. It wouldn't need to be an Oscar level performance in order to be a solid one. And I think the character, and I think just the like he fits that 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 look of what the character would probably be. And I think that it would be interesting enough that I think it wouldn't necessarily need to be an Oscar level, where I think it would be at least workable and you have a good director with you to help with that. So, All right. And then my question for Zach is, you cast all of these WWE superstars who are known for their ability to like fight and make it look entertaining. And then you said in your pitch, your movies are not about like your movie they're not really going to be fighting they're just going to be like in their offices solving problems so i want to know why when you have some of the best fighters you're like i'm gonna not have them fight that much i want to know your thought process behind let, let me let me let me let me retract this they're obviously going to fight like that's it's a marvel movie a superhero movie so it's not going to be all scientist work but that's what the fantastic four are they're science and they're a family they're scientists there's, but obviously, there's going to be fighting. Like no one's, no one's going to a Fantastic Four movie and going, "God, I hope full time." I'm not, I'm not gonna say no fighting. All right, all right, that's all I had. So y'all two can clash, go after each other, tear each other. Didn't apart. we do something different with Fantastic Four in 2015, and it fucking sucked, and we're here. <laughs> yes, although you could argue Josh Drake was here. mad. Josh Drake was mad because it wasn't. What he made, it wasn't what he wanted, right? So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Is it's it's not necessarily a sequel to that. It's a sequel to what Josh Trank was doing, where he was. I mean, his cut cannot be worse than what the movie was. I think we could. I think that's. I'm not debating that. Wasn't it also trash? Like, wasn't that the thing? Right, but I think there's so much being talked. And he about. wanted to do some. There's so much being talked about in terms of like. Like, oh, we can do a remaster of this, or we can use a different cut of that, like Rocky Four with Stallone doing that now. So, and obviously with Justice League. So, I think there's room for that, and it's just sitting on the shelf. I mean, wouldn't people at least be interested? Yeah, but like, what? No, <laughs> it's not the Zack Snyder cut, which even I'm interested. Like, I don't like <laughs> Zack Snyder, but I'm interested. I don't care to see the Josh Trank cut of Fantastic Four. What has he done since then? Didn't he do Capone? Like, wasn't that the movie he's done since then? Yes. Has he been paid jobless since? Like, what? What? Snyder earned credit to have that movie released. He had a groundswell of momentum where even I, who was like, I, it's probably going to suck, was like, you know, it probably should be released. Who cares about the Josh Trank version of Fantastic Four and wants to see more? I mean that's fair, but I think there's still interest there, and I and and obviously like I'm not ending with that. Like my pitch is what you would do after, 
And I wouldn't like it would obviously be yeah yeah of course of course, of course different continuity. It's not more. It's not the MCU, um, which we all know they're going to do at some point. But um, I think well, it's yeah, be more I mean, interesting to do something different, different from what was the different before, but not more different in terms of like it's going to be Fantastic Four. It's just kind of what I would be interested in seeing in a Fantastic Four movie, how I would kind of envision it. So. But, but- my other thing is with Fantastic Four coming off Fan Four Stick and everyone just hating it. Didn't it like bomb spectacularly? Yeah. My you brought you brought this up to me last round. Why would anybody want to go see another Fantastic Four movie? Under at least under the Marvel brand, people can go. Oh, it's probably gonna be pretty good. It might be bad. It might be not great, but it's probably pretty good. Uh, I have a fun cast. Um, they might not be the best actors. I'm not saying they're they're going to be, but it was also the role I was given. I think that would have right. people going, oh, let's see how uh, how uh, CM Punk is at Johnny Storm. CM Punk, is, of course, is a huge comic book nerd if you follow him on Twitter. He's kind of an mm-hmm. asshole. He's kind of funny. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, but I have that gimmick going for me. I have the Marvel branding. Why would people want to go see another non-Marvel Fantastic Four when they're 0 for, 0 for, 0 for 3, 0 for 4? Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. But you could also flip that and ask the opposite question is can't we make movies that just aren't like Marvel? I mean, how many Marvel movies are exactly the same in terms of tone? And I mean, I mean, really at the end of the day, a lot of them are, you know, uh, MCU movies, MCU movies, it's popcorn entertainment. It's not, you know, while you with Oscars or anything like that, it is what it is. And it's a money make machine. It works really good. You know, like I, I mean, I would watch your movie like that'd be cool, but um, this is where I'm on the Marvel shill. I don't want to. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I like some Marvel movies, so the Captain America movies are good. But um, I would argue your movie sounds a lot like James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, in a way. And, and I mean, aren't we already getting that too? Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> so that's probably good. So why would you make the same kind of movie, I guess I would ask? I mean... Because, well, it's not the same kind of movie because Suicide Squad, you're dealing with a bunch of villains uh, doing good work, and here it's a bunch of heroes. I'll also say with Maul, and they're not... They haven't completely avoided this. kind of fell into that. This is is a Marvel movie. You know, this this is Thor. This is Captain America trap. But what Marvel has done that I've I've respected a little bit is they've kind of gone out into the weird, and that's what kind of looks like this new phase is going to be. You're going out into the weird. You're going into the uh, dimension. The new Doctor Strange movie. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. That right, version trailer. Right. What the fuck was happening in that? Shit? Um. So with Fantastic Four, you can bring in the negative zone. You could bring in a bunch of different things and go into mm-hmm. the weird. Which is why I like reading some Fantastic Four comics and doc, you know Doctor Strange comics. But doc, um, so that's why I think it would be different enough. Um, that's what Marvel's done a decent job of lately, barring a couple exceptions. Granted, um, is they've gone different enough, you know, and it's different characters and that kind of stuff. And just by the way, I mean, if you really want to see Dave Bautista's career go off, just wait till his Netflix movie next year comes out. I think I think he'll be uh, I think he'll be doing really good after that. <laughs> that man so, made some choices. He, he, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What was he in Blade Runner? Like he made some great choices. 
Yeah, absolutely. What you got, I Joe? Think, all right, I got. Yeah. All right, I got. I think I got my decision made. Uh, I don't. I don't see both of these movies being good. I'll say that. I think both of them are gonna be pretty bad. I better hear um, the same. But I think thing part of when it he was. Right thing. Yeah, I think part of it is all these movies are trash to begin with. I think the best Fantastic Four movie is The Incredibles. In any other version I, of I Fantastic Four, yeah, is trash. Um, but. I think making kind of a reboot slash sequel to the 2015 version that we've already determined is bad and putting, and I think Fetty Alvarez good director, but I don't know if Danny Trejo as the main villain is enough to save it. Uh, but I think with the James Gunn, the, Oh, did we lose Johnny? We did lose Johnny. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'll still make my ruling, and then you can make your ruling, and hopefully if we're different, then we have to wait for Johnny to come back. But my thing is, with the James Gunn WWE um, uh, version, we've seen James Gunn take bad actors and make them decent in his movies. And so I think I'm going to have to go with Zach and the James Gunn WWE version. Yeah, then we don't need Johnny because uh, my my vote would have also been for that one. I think I think the take that Darren had would have just been a little a little too out there to try and bring it back as a sequel. And uh, I think the Fantastic Four with literally every WWE superstar who's ever been alive would probably be a little bit better. <laughs> All right. See see if he's in okay. the uh, waiting. He's not. Thing. I don't see him down there. All right. He, yeah, he texted. He he messaged me. I either got kicked out or everyone did. Well, we didn't get kicked out, so. I mean, he's not down there at the bottom, so I he's gonna have to get back in somehow, right? Yeah, I just told him to reload the page. All right, okay. so. What would you guys prefer to see in mine? Biker taker or zombie taker? Biker taker would have made more sense, I think. I think I I agree. I agree. Masked Kane too. That would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you're into wrestling, watch uh, the YouTube channel. Oh, 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 the review. They're they're. Uh, yeah. So we got three to one game point for uh, Zach. If he wins again, uh, he wins overall. But we have the repeat of rules, so we'll keep going to seven. Uh, so Darren down again. Uh, gonna need a. Where are we going next? Okay. Um, I am going to go with uh, The Last Airbender, and I will let right. Zach go first. All right. The Last Airbender, uh, hopefully Johnny hears these, uh, scored a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Wikipedia says it's an American action adventure fantasy film written, co-produced, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Based on the first season of the Nickelodeon animated television series Avatar The Last Airbender, the film stars Noah Ringer as Aang, with Dev Patel as Prince Zuko, Nicholas Peltz as Katara, and Jackson Rathbone as Silka. All right. All right. Well, Johnny's sort of back. But, uh, Sorry, everyone. My internet. Right. 
All right. So Hopefully who's going you guys first? can hear me, but I'm not on I'm not on Wi-Fi anymore. So if mine's broken up, it's all right. For because Spectrum is a garbage company. All right, Zach. Oh, don't I I know. Okay, so uh, last airbender, we're gonna go with the talking animal. That was my thing here. We're gonna make Appa talk. He'll be voiced by who did I have? Bruce Greenwood. I kind of want a gruffer voice, but it's Bruce Greenwood here. Who doesn't love Bruce Greenwood? Uh, my because he's gonna come back this franchise years. He was, I believe. Um, I'm not gonna lie with this with this movie. It was hard to cast because what the what. With the the movie that we're tra- we trashed, the problem was they whitewashed a lot of characters. The cultures didn't make sense. Um, so, not gonna lie here, I had a little help. I I looked at some fan casting. I, you know, I had some ideas going in, but I wanted to make sure like this with this. I think I have one that doesn't, but I like my pick anyway. So for Ian Chen, uh, he's been a popular pick. He was in Shazam and uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, I actually picked him because I watched Shazam a couple weeks, like right before Joe texted me to be on this. Uh, for Katara, I can't pronounce her name, but, but she uh, she played Moana. Uh, she voiced Moana. Sokka with Forrest Wheeler. Zuko. Ryan Potter, uh, Beast Boy from Titans. Ng, uh, Azula. Nico Suhu. And then Jamie Chung as Zuko's mother. Um, what this movie is, you can't take the show and make it into a movie. You just you can't. So what I wanted to do was sort of like how we did, and it's kind of a theme tonight, is it takes place after the events of the television show, but before Legend of Korra. The war against the Fire Nation is over. Peace has come for the most part. In uh, Star Wars, after they destroyed the Death Star, there are still there's still factions that are loyal to the Empire, or in this case, uh, Fire Lord Ozai, that pose a threat to the peace from across uh, this world. Uh, the personal story here, and we're taking this from comics. Zuko wants to go out and find his mother. Um, movie starts out. I want a big emotional start, so we this isn't the stupid 2010 movie. Pyro. Uh, Probably the character I feel maybe one of the more popular characters from the show. Uh, his scene with uh, crying over and singing about his son is, is an emotional tearjerker for anybody. Uh, Zuko is going to be more of the main character of this film as he goes for Azula for help. Azula laughs and spits at him. Eventually, she comes and tags along the journey because she wants to get over her, her mother or the fear that her mother doesn't fear her. Um, they go off, they fight factions of the Ozai devotees. They eventually do find Zuko's mother. Why she left Fire Lord Ozai was that she didn't agree with how she treated Zuko, and she was banished from the Fire Nation, much like Zuko was. She never made a connection because she didn't know where to look. My movie, it is going to have some fun in it. Like what makes the last airbender such a great show is that anybody can watch it. I'm 24 and I had a great time watching the show. There's it's, it's made for kids, but it has themes and ideas that are made for adults. So that's kind of what I want my movie more to go for. All right. Uh, Darren, I'm finished. I'm sorry. Okay. Hi. So, uh, funny enough, the rule I picked for this one is also a talking animal. It just, it just made sense. So it was the easy um, one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
for my director on this one, I am going to go with, you guessed it, my favorite filmmaker, Zack Snyder, but co-director Jay Oliva. Um, they're also making the um, Army of the Dead Las Vegas uh, animated series um, based on Army of the Dead. So uh, for my cast, um, well, I'll kind of give my pitch and then I'll go back to the cast. Um, so my take on this one, it's going to be more closer in line with the animated series, um, especially like um, the better parts of that. But and like it's so it's kind of heavily based on why I pick Zack Snyder is it it really fits that Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Right. Um, it's also going to be like, I think stylistically, it'd be an awesome love letter to Sucker Punch. Underrated movie, in and out for no reason. Anyway, um, the interesting twist in this adaptation is that I changed the gender. Aang is female, and I chose Samantha Wynn. Um, she was one of the uh, Amazons in Wonder Woman movie. She was in um, Snow Steam Iron, the short film Zach made. Um, and she's also has a role in Army of the Dead. I think this would be a huge breakout role for her. Um, and also, obviously, noticeably older than the character was in the animated show. Um, the storyline takes inspiration from like the Star Wars prequels regarding Anakin being too old to train to become a Jedi, and Rey from the Star Wars uh, Disney Star Wars trilogy. Um, so I talked to Animals Appa, and I have the voice of that one as Harry Lennox because I think his voice is would just really lend um, to that. It, in a way, it kind of refers back to like a, a Mufasa in like the, um, the Lion King in a way. So, um, and also connect, like, for me, it sounds like Mulan in terms of, like, vibing with, like, communicating uh, ancient spirits as well. So, um, Aang takes on the daunting task of becoming the Avatar, overthrowing the Fire Lord, um, which have ruled and oppressed the inhabitants of the world for decades. Um, so, she embraces her destiny and becomes the savior that Earth desperately needed by bringing together, like, the, all the uh, other nations of Earth, water, air, um, to help take down the Fire Nation. And after a long and arduous journey, Aang successfully defeats uh, Prince Zuko. I have Will Yun Lee. Um, from Altered Carbon um, in this adaptation. And um, the door for a sequel is kept open at the end with a subtle nod uh, to an imprisoned Prince Zuko, um, kind of getting valuable information for finding a hidden person that knows how to potentially defeat Aang. Um, as I, so that's kind of a la like Jesse Eisenberg and uh, towards the end of BVS with Ben Affleck's Batman in, in a way. Um, so, so some of the cast I have um, for Katara, I have Jenna Malone from Sucker Punch. Um, for Sokka, I have Ross Butler from 13 Reasons Why and also uh, in Shazam. Um, for Uncle Iroh, I actually have Dave Batista. Commander Zhao, I have Alessandro Giuliani. Um, he was in um, Man of Steel, Smallville, Watchmen. Um, for Fire Lord Ozai, I have Donnie Gen from Rogue One. Um, Princess Yu, I have as To Okamoto. She was Mercy Graves in BBS. Um, Katara's grandmother, I have Carla Gugino because she's. And like Watchmen, she's in PBS as the voice. Um, so she's in a lot of Zack Snyder movies in general. Um, and then uh, for Azula, I have Ana de la Reguera from Army of the Dead. Um, and then some of the soldiers, like Damon Caro, who's the stunt coordinator for Zack Snyder, um, Hiroyuki Sanada from Army of the Dead, and Wolverine. So um, that's my take. All right. Uh, Jordan, you have any questions? I'm gonna press this. Well, before Jordan, you go. I'm just gonna say Johnny. His internet went out, so we don't know what's up with him. So I guess I'll just maybe or maybe not. We get the dupe man back. I don't know if he heard these pitches at all. So for right now, hopefully, me and Jordan are on the same page. Hopefully, so. someone's listening. They, if anyone's listening, they can okay. make a, a judgment. I guess. Yeah. We currently have zero live watchers. Yeah. Well, Sick. Wow. I, I put it on Facebook, Twitter. I... Hey, same here. Same here. Put it on my uh, so I do have a question for Zach. 
Um, can't get a gamble Zach, among us. Can't get a gamble among us. Yeah. Is your Avatar: The Last Airbender movie a, a? I'm sorry. Is it a prequel entirely? No, 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 no. It takes place after the events of uh, the the war, the battle between Ozai and Aang. My apologies. Thought I made oh, that clear. Okay. I didn't. No, I, you were telling me you went off on a. I don't want to call it a tangent. You were starting to explain about like why Zuko's mother left the Fire Lord and everything. So you talked about that for a little bit, and and for some reason I fixated on no, that. That so was just because she had to explain, sort of like how. Uh, sure. So in that case, tell me a little no, bit more how no, no, talking no, no, no. Appa actually adds to the movie itself. Adds but a bit more uh, – how do I want to phrase this? When you take something from a cartoon to live action, I feel like you need to add a little more maturity to it. Um, it can still be funny. It can still be – there's silly moments. There are a bunch of kids who have these awesome powers um, or uh, abilities. But there needs to be a little bit of – we need to bring this back down to earth a little bit. If we need to have a serious moment, Appa can be one this moment he's not going to say anything funny you can do funny things with appa because they do in the show mm -hmm. but appa himself isn't funny sure all right uh for darren um you said something in the end about there's a little bit of a twist where uh zuko something to the effect of knows someone in prison that can bring down the avatar uh, are you changing? So if I remember correctly, because I just watched Avatar, the last airbender of the show this year for the first time, liked it a lot, actually. So um, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, are you changing it? So Zuko stays a bad guy throughout the end of the, or throughout the film? Yes. Kind of like a conflicted, um, almost to the almost anti-hero, but just not quite to that, I would say. Nearing, nearing that, but not quite to that level. Okay. And then also, I mean, same question. Uh, tell me a little bit more about how Appa actually getting a voice adds to your film. Uh, for me? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, I kind of touched on it in the, when I was pitching it, but um, I think, and obviously, like, like Zach had Harry Lennox do the big announcement for BBS when they were making that movie. Um, and I think he has that voice. I think he has that. It, it kind of has those similar kind of vibe to like the Lion King with Mufasa, right? And also it, to an extent, you can even say Mulan, the recent Mulan movie in a way. Um, so I think, I mean, there's definitely a case can be made that, I mean, it could be an interesting character. I think it can be a character where, I mean, like um, Zach said, um, you need a little bit more maturity, but you don't have to lose the, the funny moments or the personality. And I kind of, would say the personality and like that maybe like more of a mentor, I would say. Sure. All right. Yep. All right. All right, Joe. Yeah, I just have a question, and it's for Darren. And I'm gonna fill, I'm gonna ask the question. I know Johnny would ask if you were here. So you have a show that has a lot of Asian roots and it has a lot of Asian influence, and you have a characters on the show. I mean, obviously it's animated, so it's hard to tell, but they look like they're supposed to be Asian, and then you cast like a number of white it. people in those roles. So my question is, how do you combat the arguments that people will have of the whitewashing in your movie? Okay, so I, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I personally was thinking about that when I was casting the movie. I guess you could say. Um, so, like when I think of my cast, I mean, it's not necessarily all of one 
necessarily like it's 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 a little bit of a blend it's a little bit of a mix um there's definitely some different cultures invo like involved I, I guess you could say um where it's not necessarily i'm not i'm trying to make it a, like a little bit more diverse not necessarily like all one but like i don't know how i should phrase this but um i think i get what you're going for okay okay I think I get what you're saying, what you're going for. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna let you guys fight it out. So you want character and maturity, and you or uh, like that that kid style. That, that what made the show, like I said, what made the show fun was there's still a lot of fun in it. You know, season one is very kiddish, but as you get to season two, season three, there's more jokes for adults. There's more uh, mature humor and jokes that make me laugh. Mm -hmm. so you want this but you also want to keep that kid side of it because that's what it is and you chose Zack Snyder I wouldn't necessarily say the kid side of it um, I, don't, I don't know maybe I didn't uh, necessarily I guess, I guess did I miss that your characters they're more aged up in the show yes okay and, that, yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. and that's, and that's kind of like where I was going in terms of like one of the things that I was uh, like you know, when you, when you think of Anakin, I mean, yeah, the prequels get a lot of hate for Star Wars, but, you know, he's, they, they say he's too old to be a Jedi. Look at Rey, like, like, can she really be a Jedi? And so it's kind of taking inspiration from that. Um, and also in a lot of Zack Snyder movies, it's, he is really inspired by the Joseph Campbell hero's journey. And that's also, you could say, in Star Wars as well. Um, so it's, and I think the story really lends itself to that kind of idea and that style. And I think with, with his, with the way he makes movies, I mean, you think of Sucker Punch, I mean, you can even think of his DC movies in terms of the action. I think there's a there there would be a really cool movie in there. I think, especially when you have uh, Jay Leva, who's worked with Zach on a lot of his movies in general. So, I'm not gonna lie. I think Zack Snyder doing visuals in that in in that world of Avatar would be very uh, very fun. Just watching fire bending, water bending. My 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 question is, Zack Snyder films are so saturated with grays and dark blues. Is that is that the tone you're going for? Just something something completely different from the show itself? Yeah, so, because I'm making a sequel, I'm making a sequel to the show, so my show, it's going to be more vibrant. But if that's not what you're doing, I'm just confused. Okay. Yep. So yep. To, to clarify, um, the structure of the show in terms of Aang becoming the Avatar and the Fire Lord, a lot of that is still like like the show is still very much similar. However, the characters a little bit older. And I think because of that, I think the tone is a little bit more mature as well. So that's okay. kind of where I'm coming. So, so my I guess my, my next thing would be like, even even in this world, we're re, we're rebooting it. We're rebooting the movie. We're doing something different. Uh, we're doing or not something different, but we're doing another movie. The show still exists. People still have this yes. love and attachment to the show. Clearly, yes. as we've seen this year, how do you think people are going to react to something that's, it's not, it's not, it's completely different. I mean, it's, it's similar and it's different. And I think I would argue that, you know, yeah, the parts that are similar, I just think you, I would argue that they're actually done right this time. And, and I think when you have someone like Zack Snyder directing, that name is automatically going to bring so much attention to that project, regardless of how people feel about them. I think um, I, I just think his 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 I think his style I think the way he uh, views uh, characterizations of the characters in his movies I think it just really lends itself to that I think it's 
honestly a no-brainer really in terms of um the kind of the, the tone the style i mean the only thing that i really thought of was like with with making ang female obviously you know you can uh, and if you do something more kind of of that. Pop, obviously okay yeah so you're making something completely different but and people have those expectations of what they're going to see with a last airbender movie they have expectations of like what the characters are uh what they're going to do i mean i mean we saw it with bvs with batman killing we saw it with man of steel or superman lets thousands and thousands and thousands of people die what what do you think is going to be the reaction to see not necessarily female ink because if you're doing something different whatever that's fine but these mm-hmm. completely changed characters Obviously, I think we can agree to disagree in terms of I don't think I don't I don't view the, the, his takes as negatively as you do. I think we could probably agree to disagree. Yeah, on that. And I don't want to get into a debate about that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so with yours, I think you were kind of cutting out. Who is your director again for that? Uh, Dave Filoni. We, uh, we're bringing him back. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. And I, I think it's interesting how like you're going with something that's a sequel to the show. Um, in a sense, and keeping that tone, I think, is interesting. But I wasn't 100% sold on the reason why we would... Miss, like, why would you say we would need that, per se, like, that story? And why would you... Why are you placing it at that point in time, necessarily? Are are the characters older in yours as well, since it's a sequel? Or is it much closer to the... Slightly older. Slightly. Not, not by a lot. Okay. Slightly. Okay. Because... But the reason we make this movie is it's become huge. I mean, it's always been regarded as a great show. I mean, I, I never had watched it before this year, but I've always heard people going, man, this is one of the great show cartoon shows ever. And a return to that world is what people want Want to see these characters again. Um, You know, you got them a little bit in Korra, but they're a lot older um, or, or dead. And so that's why people I think would want to see a return to this world with these characters in live action, but like I also said, if you're going to do the last Airbender story, it needs to be something after the events of the show because you can't do the show in a movie. It's there's too much. You would need to do six, seven movies, two movies, three movies a season because there's just I, so much crap. You, my, you can cut crap out, but yeah, I, I mean you're right. But I think that my main concern is that you're making a sequel to something that technically hasn't been made yet since we're not since like one of our rules is we're not doing animation um you, you're making something that takes place after those events but i think it was those events of the original avatar that people really gravitated to what made the show really interesting i think making a sequel to that without necessarily making that version first or at least later or making the version later on um i'm i'm not 100 sold on that if i'm being honest all right. I think I think I'm locked in with my vote. Jordan, are you good? I have Johnny texted me his vote, so all right. Uh yeah. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one to Zach. Uh I like the um the addition of Dave Filoni at the end there as the director. Uh, I think that really kind of cements it for me. Um Darren, I don't after the the show is so fresh in my mind because I watched it for the first time this year, so I don't know that I like Zuko's character changing so drastically that he remains uh, um, again or remains a bad guy basically instead of coming around and having this big life transition and change. I thought that was a major pivotal part of the show. So if this is going to be a sequel, 
or a, a remaking of that. I don't know if it's if it's a good idea to do that. So Zach, I, I give this point to you as far as I'm concerned. All right. See, I, I was going to go the opposite way. Ooh. I thought with the, Aaron, I, I don't know how I feel about Dave Filoni directing a live action movie yet just because i feel like the two worst episodes of the mandalorian were the two episodes he directed and i know he was a big part of avatar but he's been a big part of star wars longer than he was a big part of avatar yeah and Zack snyder is not the best director but i think you could get some really cool visuals of the of the combat and the fighting and to go against what jordan says about keeping prince zuko a bad guy he did open the movie up for a sequel so you could potentially for I think the way storytelling is now, if I were in charge of Avatar, I would have Zuko still be a bad guy towards the end of the first movie, but with a hint of him becoming good, I wouldn't make him good in the first movie. Like this is gonna be a long two, three movie thing where he gotcha. becomes good. And so that's why I give my point to Darren and Zach texting or Zach. Johnny texts Johnny say Johnny says Zach wins because Zack Snyder is not a good fit for Avatar. And so <laughs> Zach wins and the score is four to one. Oh man. Zach wins oh, man. this round. However, I will say I will say in Darren's Darren's defense, that casting is hard. Because if yes. if you're yes. doing what I I had to like look up actors. I had I had to look up actors. Like I don't know I some, like some of these the kids are. I did too. Yeah. Um, and for him, I, I I don't blame you for doing something completely different. Change the cultures up a little bit. I, that was that was the most difficult part. Yeah. yeah, I think from my experience, casting kids is hard because you're dealing with a limited pool. And then if you're like, okay, I'm only going to cast like these six Asian kids, you're very limited, and you're not. Yeah, really that was, have that's why I had great choice. Because I had no. I idea. think as far as. Yeah. This goes, it's a better move to cast from various races and be like, that's what I want to do with my movie is each of the tribe is like each yeah. tribe is like a different race. I so I I do that because it's a sequel. So I had to make it the same cultures as the original. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your win, Zach. Yeah, but we aren't quite over yet because we do have the repeatable Amen. and if either of you don't know what this is fun. It's it's hard. If yeah. Yeah, if either of you don't know what the repeatal rule is, essentially, if you two were to play play against each other again, however many points uh, Zach wins by, unless it's unless Darren wins these next two points, uh, he would have the chance to look at his seven rules, be like, I don't like that rule. I'm going to replace it with another of six on the list so he can use a rule twice while Darren is forced to use all seven rules as if it were a normal episode. So that's wow. essentially what Darren okay. is playing for is to essentially have equal playing field. If, if we do that again, again. I, I understand. But if we do go again, can you just make sure you text that? Cause I'm not going to remember NHL free yeah. agency right. starts it, Friday. Yes. On, yes. On, yes. Yeah. I'll, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I have a keep track. So, uh, Darren, where are we going to next? We have transformers or we have battlefield earth. I'll go Transformers, and I will. Uh, I'll go first, I guess, on that one. All right. So, uh, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. It's a 2009 movie. From uh, it got a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
According to Wikipedia, the movie is an American science fiction action film directed by Michael Bay and is based on the Transformers toy line. It is the sequel to 2007's Transformers, as well as the second installment in the live-action Transformers film series. Taking place two years after the first film, the story revolves around Sam Witwicky, who is caught in the war between Autobots, led by Optimus Prime, and the Decepticons, led by Megatron. Sam begins having strange visions of Cybertronian symbols and is being hunted by the Decepticons under the orders of an ancient Decepticon named the Fallen, who seeks to get revenge on Earth by finding and activating a machine that would provide the Decepticons with an energon source, destroying the sun and all life on Earth in the process. Returning Transformers include Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Ironhide, Ratchet, Megatron, Starscream, and Scrapanok. Whatever the fuck kind of name that is. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Which was the good Transformers movies? Was there three? Bumblebee, Bumblebee and all the rest. Bumble, of Bumblebee, yeah. yeah. Well, anything directed by Michael Bay because it's one of Joe's favorite directors. Yeah, okay. All right. Darren, I know. What do you got? <clears throat> okay. So, uh, my rule for this one, um, I kind of made this one interesting. I'm at one location on this one. So, um, my director is Denis Villeneuve. I I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, So, um, I'll say some of my cast here first. So, for Optimus Prime, I have Andy Serkis. Um, For Megatron, uh, I have Ray Porter, who is Darkseid in Zack Snyder's Justice League, for those who don't know. some of the other um, Transformers, like Jetfire, I have Zoe Kravitz. Uh, Mudflap, I have Johnny Depp. Ironhide, I have Josh Brolin. Uh, Ratchet, I have Michael Rosenbaum. And then Sideswipe, I have Forrest Whitaker. Um, and then in terms of that, for the president, I have Tom Hanks. I added a couple of roles and, and whatnot to kind of help fit the, the style of it. Um, for uh, Colonel, I have Ray Fisher, who is Cyborg in Justice League. Um, I have, and then for like the like the Air Force and the... the, the um, the military, I have David Harbour, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, I have Felicity Jones, Chris Evans, and I also have one of my favorite YouTubers, Tybro Magnus, hashtag Kate Flap. Um, so for my tone, I have obviously uh, like Blade Runner 29 and Dune style Transformers in a wasteland. Um, the humans uh, get mostly taken out by like the midway point of the film, um, especially a heartbreaking one for Optimus Prime with the loss of a special human to him named Grace, uh, portrayed by uh, Ana de Armas. Uh, causing mass destruction uh, from the Decepticons uh, by Megatron. All the war begins in this newly created wasteland. Uh, I kind of view it as the ultimate showdown, giving new meaning to the title, uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Um, the Transformers, I already talked about who they are. Um, in the end, they eventually de- defeat the Decepticons, orders restored, at least what's left of it, per se. Um, for the location, I chose... The city of Houston, Texas, um, I also put Easter egg for Planet Houston joke from Superman 2. Um, not only is it the fourth largest city in the country, avoiding like stereotypes like the largest, most popular cities like New York or whatever, um, but still be quite impactful because it's a really large city. Um, but the choice of Texas kind of, to me, lends itself to the idea of America's heartland being demolished via the more old school mentality um, that it is, is, Texas has its own mentality compared to like New York or LA in a sense. So that's kind of the route I would go with this. Denis Villeneuve and um, really embracing the title of uh, Revenge of the Fallen. So, okay. All right. Uh, Zach, what do you got for Transformers? For Transformers, Denis Villeneuve, actually, because I like his visual style. Uh, this one, I have Paul Newman as Optimus Prime and Robert Redford as Megatron. I already know, but I wow. had to put him somewhere. Wow. 
I had to put him somewhere. Um, for some of some other casting, Ratchet, Ryan Reynolds. Obviously, Bumblebee doesn't talk, so you didn't need him. Wade, Chloe Moretz, Darcy, John DiMaggio, Starscream, Tom Hiddleston, Steeljaw, Mark Hamill, and Bone Crusher. I went with Phil Lamar. I have a nice mix of voice actors and like actual like celebrity actors. Um, I'm going to do the thing that these movies don't do. No fucking humans. No one cares about uh, these humans. No one cares about Shia LaBeouf. Megan Fox is addictive, but we don't care. I, I don't care. And, and the part of that's Michael Bay, but... Um, I don't care. The movie takes place on Cybertron. It is a prequel, and we're falling into a theme here. Uh, obviously, these two ba- there's these two factions, the Autobots and Decepticons. One of the things I like in fiction is when a two adversarial sides can sit down and have a conversation. You don't see that in these new movies. You don't really see anything because you don't know what the hell is going on in the Transformers movies. But I kind of like having like um, an X-Men thing between Megatron and Optimus Prime. Megatron knows that the Transformers are powerful creatures, that they can go throughout these universes, take things over, um, and be really the dominant species. And Optimus Prime's like, no, like that's wrong. Uh, We can certainly go into these different civilizations and help them. But we shouldn't be taking anybody over. We're, we're our own species, whatever. Um, the two feud, they battle. Um, they're, the Decepticons are desperately trying to steal rockets from the Autobots to get to what they're just going to constantly call this little blue planet, which obviously is Earth. Um, basically, my movie, there's going to be little battles, little skirmishes. Uh, these rockets exploding everyone's going to celebrate and then we see one rocket take off and we just hear um uh, the decepticons laughing there's three of them in the ship optimus prime has no choice but to follow he takes the secret rocket that he was going to use to travel throughout the universe and try to get to the decepticons they battle in space a little space battle i thought that'd be kind of fun uh and they end up crashing into earth All right. Is there, is, now is we did say no animated, and technically this is like a Lion King thing where it is animated, but there, there's no the rule against animation. Movie. We just said there's no. We don't usually do animated movies on here because it feels like if you change anything, then it's not that movie anymore. And if you don't really change much, okay, then fair it's enough. Like, why? There's no, there's no like official rule of like, oh, you can't make a movie animated or oh, you can't like do an animated movie. It's more just like animated movies are very hard to do on this podcast, so I would try not to do them. It's more what, all right, uh, okay, okay. Uh, Jordan, do you have a question? Because I have a one I'm leaning towards. Yeah, Zach, I got a question for you, and that's um, tell me how really well. I, I guess the question is. How does the title Revenge of the Fallen fit into your film? It doesn't. Uh, it's a title. Okay. Title, I can pl- this is the last <laughs> I did. And it was, when I was done, I was like, I got to the bottom of the page and I was like, did it. And then just now I realized, oh, I didn't change the fucking title. Awesome. Good for you, buddy. Okay. Good thing I'm up 4 1. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's the only question I had. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't really have any questions. I basically understand your pitches, so I just want to hear you guys fight it out. Zach, take the uh, Derek, uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what? 
we both picked Villeneuve just because I, I think we both like his visual style. And in a world like this, there 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 could be some really cool things you can do with visuals. Yes. But the issue, and, and the issue I had with the Transformers movies before I just I just gave up. Um, <laughs> uh, I just gave up on them. Is the humans <laughs> suck? Like, so what what are you doing? Even in the cartoon show. Uh, the humans were the most annoying fucking things in it. Humans uh, suck anyway. So so, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. But what what are you doing to make sure that the humans are used, pro- I guess, properly? Or there, there's just not like a hindrance to the movie where you cut to the humans and you're just like, oh, fucking God, can we just... I would say in a regular Michael Bay Transformers movie, yes, that's how you, that's how most people probably feel. But in this version, I tried to, well, for one, yes, address that issue that is clearly an issue by literally having them defeated on Earth, in a sense. So it is literally, and so their death actually means something. That humanity means something. It has a resounding effect on the Transformers, leading them to, like, this big ultimate battle with, like, Megatron and the Decepticons. So that's kind of where I was leaning towards. It's more of that... um, and making it really mean something and that really like tying it back into the title of the movie and what the movie really should be about. Cause I think at the end of the day, we, our movies are probably sound way better than what the actual movie was. I would argue. Um, Cause I mean, your movie also sounds, I've, I don't remember. And I haven't personally watched the whole thing, but um, <laughs> and my wife's probably mad at me yeah, for that. But, that's okay. um, but yeah, so I mean, both of our sound cool, but I would say I I would argue that just not having humans at all, yes, in theory that sounds great, but wouldn't you rather make it mean something, especially after the first movie that came out? Oh, that's why we're doing a prequel, and I know my title doesn't. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, and I know my t- I didn't make a new title or do anything. So that's why we're we're doing a prequel, and we're we're falling into a theme here, doing sequels and prequels, um, yeah. because I want to get the humans out of. I don't. It's, you don't go to a Transformers movie to see Shia LaBeouf walk around and look at Megan Fox. You, the stupid action, but what sucks about the Transformers movies is even the action sucks. So there's just nothing good there. Um. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't think you need humans in this movie. If you make if you make if you make the relationship between Optimus Prime and Megatron personal, and they're not just two big titans. Fair enough. I have a quick question for Darren, real quick. Who was your director yes. of your movie? Uh, same, uh, Denis Villeneuve. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Jordan, Jordan, are you good to? So, unless you guys have another knock against the others, I think I'm ready. To make yeah, it. no, uh, no. I, I, yeah. I, I know we need, we need to get going here a little bit. Uh, yeah, Joe, I went with the, I went with Darren on this one. Uh, I think uh, he he used he used the rule a little bit better. Um, I think uh, I like the casting. I think he's got a lot of powerful voice actors in there. Uh, I like that a little bit better. And I think uh, overall his pitch made a little more sense to me. All right. Yeah, I was uh, waiting for uh, Johnny's. He said he was going to put it in the YouTube comments. Johnny's ruling. I don't know if it's popped up yet, but 
No, uh, his, his last one was Villanueva for Transformers. Or Villeneuve, you know, however you want to say that. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> but Villanueva, uh, probably whatever. Uh, Johnny says, if you're taking the humans out, don't pick a director like Villeneuve. The humans are so bad in Transformers because of Michael Bay. I choose Darren. And I agree with Johnny, and I agree with Jordan. I'm going to go with Darren as well. I think his plot, while changed the meaning of the title, still fits the title where Transformers Revenge of the Fallen doesn't really fit uh, Zach's title uh, that well. And I also thought, I'm not gonna well, I, I, don't th- I don't think using Houston as your one location, this massive city, really fits the rule. I still feel like it's better to use of the rule than having Robert Redford and Paul Newman as the voice of Optimus Prime and Megatron, who really don't match up. I had, I had to put him somewhere. I had gotten through all my others. Yeah, I've, I've been there before. I've been there before. I just don't know if Robert Redford and Paul Newman, like their voices, match those characters. I was like, I was like I'll, I'll, I'll put him here. Fuck. Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna go with Darren as well. So it makes it four to three, or four to four to two. Four to sorry. two. Yep. And so if uh, Darren wins this next point, then the next time these two face each other, Zach will not have an advantage. So. I believe we are going with uh, Battlefield Earth next, which is a nice one to end on because it has the lowest Rotten Tomato percentage at 3%. uh, According to Wikipedia, Battlefield Earth is an American science fiction action film based on the 1982 novel of the same name by L. Ron Hubbard. It was directed by Roger Christian and stars John Travolta, Barry Pepper, and Forrest Whitaker. The film follows a rebellion against the alien Cyclos who have ruled Earth for a thousand years. And Zach, who's going to go first? I'll go ahead and go first because this is the one I was least confident in, so I just want to get it out of the way. Um, Been there before, too. Battlefield Earth. uh, This is my movie I picked with uh, Danny Trejo. Uh, I picked George Miller because we're going for this, like, barren landscape um still looks really nice but it's just this ugly ugly landscape and i think you know we've seen that with mad the mad max franchise and uh, it, george miller does a good job with that i also picked him because he uh, fury road had a lot of like a a actors but back in mad max outside of mel gibson it was just a bunch of australians that no one had ever heard of so um I think he could work well with Danny Trejo, who can be this over-the-top villain, as he's the leader of this um, the hellish landscape that has become Earth. Matt Damon uh, will be my lead hero because he was in the wall, so I'm like, oh, he'll be in trash. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and a group of freedom fighters trying to bring back an era of peace and togetherness only heard about through tales. Told by, not father, I don't want to say father, but like mentor, played by Christopher Plummer. Uh, Damon fight alongside Natalie Dormer, a handful of other people in his group. Uh, Christopher Plummer's death will be what starts the full-on revolution. Trey will have his small council with Michael Shannon, Andy Serkis, and Benicio Del Toro. Very early on, Damon will be captured and brought but escapes with the help of Natalie turned against Danny Trejo. She was with him. She's not against him. I, I didn't make that clear. They ride across the lands. People hear what he's trying to accomplish and rally behind him. At the end, there is a brief battle. I don't want a huge battle. I don't think we need to do a huge, you know, Lord of the Rings style battle. It's simply that the they rally so far behind Matt Damon's character that 
Danny Trejo and his group are just overwhelmed by the numbers. He does make one final stand against uh, Matt Damon in you know his his throne room, um, and then at the end of the film, we're going to have it where actually Danny Trejo kills Matt Damon. Uh, but he is eventually killed by supporters, and the people rally behind Natalie Dormer, who becomes the new leader of this Earth. All right. Ooh. Okay. Darren, what do you got? Okay. So um, for mine, um, this film adaptation um, kind of marketed and kind of thought of as the next Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, in terms of massive, massive success from like a dark fantasy adaptation. So my plot will remain at least somewhat faithful to the sci-fi novel that was adapted from, but it'll take a few liberties. Um, I can uh, uh, do a little bit of flavor of Braveheart and Passion of the Christ. Um, lots of gore and action, but a well-constructed story from a talented director in Mel Gibson uh, to incorporate elements uh, of uh, heart stemming from character motivation. Um, so, and I should also mention the rule that I'm doing for this one is that, well, it's the only rule I have left is I'm using WWE superstars as the cast. So, um, uh, for the main protagonist, uh, Johnny, I have John Cena, um, who's captured by a cyclo uh, named uh, Turo, which is portrayed by Dwayne Johnson. Um, after being trained by and as a cyclo from uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Undertaker, um, not to mention the capture of his love interest, uh, Chrissy, portrayed by Ronda Rousey, um, another alien civilization decides to take on this new earth of cyclos to avenge what they did in their own world. Um, this new alien army is led by Vince McMahon and his sub-commanders portrayed by Edge, Kurt Angle, and CM Punk. Um, the humans, uh, having just gained back some control of their planet after a successful attack from within, all of a sudden off to embrace for full-scale war um, between these two alien races. So when all seems lost, um, Johnny uh, and the band of humans portrayed by Seamus, Randy Orton, Hulk Hogan, Brock Lesnar, and Stone Cold Steve Austin successfully turns <laughs> the new alien race against the Cyclos. Um, they are captured in a treaty signed effect, causing a new alien race to take Cyclo away from Earth. Um, and then him and uh, Chris CB um, get married, and they are kind of in charge of how the new Earth is run. So I have lots of WWE superstars in it, um, but with Mel Gibson directing and, and um, embracing that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Jordan, do you have any questions? Uh, no, uh, I got a comment, uh, a couple of them, uh, Zach, uh, any movie that has Michael Shannon in it, I'm probably going to watch it. Cause I just love the intensity he brings to everything. Um, he's, he's just one of my favorite guys that I don't seek out yeah, anything. I, I, I picked him because I, I was definitely, like, I picked him cause I'm like henchman. He would work as like a counselor. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, Darren, this, yours is a really interesting idea. Um, I feel like yours would, would win another Razzie, uh, and that's fine because I feel like that actually kind of fits the overall theme of the movie. So uh, I want to see how Joe goes about this, and then I'll let you guys know how I'm leaning. I don't know if that's uh, a compliment or not. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a compliment, I promise. Dude, it it didn't right. come off that way. The, the rest, I, it was the wrestling actor thing. Don't I? That, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of okay. really handcuffed by that rule of like, Acting in that, you're movie not going to have good acting. <laughs> you're just not. You're just not like. It's no good. I mean, yeah. she she was in a video game and bad. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Zach. I just have a clarification question for you. Who is your director? Uh, George Miller. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that's all I really had for 
clarification. I understand both your movies. Uh, I just want to see you guys uh, fight it out. Okay. I mean, I didn't know it was based on a book. Did you watch the movie, Darren? No. Yeah, okay. Just when I did research, I, I, when I was looking it up, kind of what it was kind of about, I, that's when I, I was like, oh, it came from a novel, and there was a lot of Scientology debate behind it and all this weird stuff. So. Oh, John Travolta, that's shocking. Yeah, right. Allegedly, allegedly shit. I don't want to get... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're going to come after you, man. I'll Thanks. come after you. It's your podcast. <laughs> His podcast. Yeah, they, they don't know who Jordan is. They don't know who I am either. They don't need to know where I'm at. Didn't Mel Gibson already make a shitty religion movie? Wasn't it called Passion of the Christ? Yeah. But, like, Scientology's not a religion, though. It's just a thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, anyway, like back, back to the movie. Hey, but movie yeah. is discussion, though. <laughs> what yeah. we're here for. Yeah, yeah it's so, not bad when the host is what takes it off the rails. <laughs> Yeah, right. Darren, go ahead. And, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. I was a little handcuffed with the act with like the WWE actors, but yeah, I don't blame you for that at all. But I would say having, I mean, I it was really interesting because I almost picked George Miller to be the director of this too. Um, but I also I went with Mel Gibson because I think he could get not necessarily a great like. I'm not going to say he's going to make all of a sudden have them have amazing performances in terms of emotion and whatnot, but I think in terms of the physicality of the roles and just kind of what the scope of the movie is, it, it's, yeah, it's not going to be an Oscar movie or anything like that, but I think there's, it would be an interesting kind of change into the novel in terms of um, it is like a full scale war. There's a lot of, there's a lot of action moments in it. I think it could be serviceable enough acting. I think the physicality aspect and the visual aspect to it, I think the story itself, I think it might turn out okay um, for what I'm doing. Um, and who is your cast again, Zach? Once I had down, I was between a bunch of names for heroes, but I went with Matt Damon. That's right, Matt Damon. Yeah. Uh, Matt Damon, yeah. And Natalie Dormer, Michael Shannon, Andy Serkis, Benicio Del Toro, and then obviously Danny Trejo. Okay. Well, I would, I would say along the same lines as was mentioned earlier about Danny Trejo, um, since he was the villain in my movie and now he's a villain in yours, um, what what's kind of your take on that? I guess like what's with George Miller, I'm thinking we could. I would do. I'm thinking what I was thinking is we do Danny Trejo kind of like we did Toe Cutter in the original Mad Max, where he's just crazy. He just says things. He just does things. He he necessarily isn't like this brooding, plotting villain. He just does shit because. It's Danny Trejo. You don't have Danny Trejo for him to sit there. He's he's running around. He you know he, he kills Matt Damon for God's sakes. Yeah. Which who doesn't want to see Dan, Danny Trejo kill Matt Damon? I mean that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Be interesting. Right, I had yeah, that idea. I, have, I think I know where I'm leaning towards on this one. Jordan, are you? Yeah, um, I I think you guys both used the rule pretty well. Um, uh, with the WWE superstars again, you know, we wouldn't expect the great standard of acting that we might have gotten in the original. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I, I think you both used the rule well. Uh, the Danny Trejo bit, I think, would make sense. I like all the casting with, with Zach's. Um, I think just because of my not knowing the WWE world super well, I would probably go. I would want to more see Zach's in theaters if given the opportunity. So I'm leaning that way. 
Yeah, I don't know where uh, if Johnny voted or if he's posted anything in the YouTube. I haven't heard from him. He has not. All right, yeah, and I was I was leaning towards Zach as well, just because I don't know because we're already you're already in an acting deficit with uh, the WWE superstars, and I don't know if Mel Gibson is the right guy to pull great performances out of bad actors. I don't really remember him working specifically with people who are known to be bad actors. Uh, Johnny just said he just posted his. Uh, yep, it just came through. And so, yeah, Johnny said this should have been turned into a parody making fun of Scientology, but they both made it serious. So I will choose Zach since he has a real cast for his tone. And I kind of think the same way. I feel like a George Miller style movie. And again, I don't know if Mel Gibson is, could really do sci-fi. I haven't seen him do sci-fi. And so I'm going to go with uh, Zach and the George Miller, giving him a five to two lead. Or five to a five two, two lead and the, an established win. Oh, yeah. And so the next time... Uh, Zach, and Darren play. Zach will have uh, one repeat a rule, I believe. And so, yeah, like I okay. said before, he can take one rule off and replace it with one of the other six while Darren has to use all seven original rules. Um, uh, Darren, what was your favorite pitch of Zach? I don't know which rule I pick. My favorite pitch of his? Yeah. Um, honestly... And this might sound weird because I won, but probably the Transformers one. All right. I'd probably right. lean towards that. All right. And uh, Zach, same question for you. What's your favorite uh, picture, Darren's? Just scrolling through, just in the, trying to remember. Yeah, I know. Uh, just because I'm trying to, because, you know, we've been doing hours and things yeah. meld together. I actually really liked his Holmes and Watson and Harry Potter. I think that would be. Yeah. Yeah, that was my one of my favorites as well. Uh, kind of a, for me. Yeah, a mystery and a, like a bona fide mystery, not not the uh, the the search for crap in uh, Deathly House, but an honest to god mystery in the Harry Potter universe would be yeah. a lot of fun with Holmes and Watson. That was that been a lot of fun. No yeah, doubt. Uh, yeah, I would go with Holmes and Watson for Darren as well. Darren, I think he did a lot better than what the five and two record shows. He's definitely. Oh, absolutely. Honest, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, bad. Darren. No Probably reason not. to feel bad. I could never actually be a contestant on this. I, I like to judge yeah. because I'm 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 good at telling people uh, uh, what I think they're doing wrong. But other than that, man, I, I you guys writing these pitches and everything, um, it, it commands a lot of respect for me because I just one I don't know movies that well. I, I could never say you know what this actor, this this director, they would be perfect together in this type of film. So when you guys do this, uh, it's really fun for me to just sit here and judge you guys. But but well done uh, for for your first appearance, both right. your first appearance. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah, any final thoughts, Darren? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, yeah, I just yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah, I didn't quite get the seven zero win that you were predicting right away. I guess in the in the text or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. I was predicting it too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was fun. It was fun. I think it's a it was a really good learning experience too. So. Yeah, you're definitely right, ready uh, next time. So. All right, uh, Zach, any final thoughts? Yeah, it was a fun learning experience. Uh, I know what I need to kind of think about. Uh, put, think about more the next time I do this. Maybe, you know, uh, think about some different aspects I need to, to consider when I'm mm-hmm. pitching a movie. But no, this was, was a lot of fun. I uh, yeah. had a good time. All right, and uh, Jordan, final thoughts? Um, 
really a good time again. I love doing this guest judge bit. Um, you guys both did really well, and, and like Joe said, uh, I don't think the score accurately reflected how close it really was. Uh, Darren, you had a lot of a lot of good work in there, and uh, a couple of times I actually I, I agreed with your pitches over what Joe and Johnny went with. So um, if I was the lone consulting judge, maybe I would have been able to sway Joe a few more. But with the new setup, uh, I think a couple of times you, you barely got edged out. Yeah, all right. It was fun. It was good. I mean, his were good too. Zach's were really good too. So, also, I have a question. By the way, what's yeah. the next the next episode? Yeah, you're too, man. Like, who's on the next one? Uh, I don't know anymore. Okay. I, I used to know, but then people, you you got to talk to multiple people and arrange things. It's like solving a puzzle piece, but the puzzle changes every five minutes. So. Oh, I, I'll, I'll have yeah, it figured no, out by tomorrow. I can't night, get my probably. friends together on a. Yeah. Yeah, me and Johnny will talk. We'll try to figure something out for next week. Okay. Maybe I could take on Tristan at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good match. But yeah. That'd yeah, be fun. Uh, be fun. Yeah, just uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. You know. All right. Take us out, Jordan. See you, everybody.